Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. So thank you for once again coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Conservative Conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. So thank you for uh, coming back to us, whether you're listening uh, live tonight or listening to the podcast. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, uh, You coming to the show as always. Uh, And, you know, sorry I missed the last couple of weeks, but – Life happens, right? Uh, sometimes for the good, sometimes not. Uh, but we are not going to belabor the point. We're just going to get uh, to the show. Now, I do apologize uh, for a little discrepancy in the beginning uh, part of the show. I thought we were going to have our uh, guest on this evening, uh, who is the Hawaii State Representative candidate, Randy Gantz. However, uh, we will have him uh, on the show. Uh, I've got assurances that we will have him on the show next week. Uh, so we're going to uh, be looking forward to that. So it appears uh, in uh, our uh, two-week absence, of course, you know, a lot can happen in a day, and a lot happens in a couple weeks. And it looks like that perhaps, and hopefully so, that the walls are closing in on the deep, spa- uh, deep space, yeah, uh, deep state. And that is, uh, of course, uh, the investigations uh, that – it's time to investigate the investigator, and that's going to be our main topic uh, for this evening, of course. As we do, we'll uh, have other topics that we'll discuss. Of course, we'll be gleaning some of the information from uh, the articles you can find on the Bard's Logic Political Talk newsroom by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Check out the newsroom. And, of course, uh, for those who have uh, either uh, stated or pledged or whatever to donate to my campaign, uh, to send my daughter to uh, Italy next year. Uh, you could go to the uh, Give page, and I've got a link for those who pledge to do so uh, in May. And we're actually almost out of May, uh, and we do have the $500 goal uh, by June the 10th. Uh, of course, the earlier we could get it, uh, the goal, the better, so I'm not biting my fingernails off even more so than I already do uh, for that. Um, so if you've done that, I'd definitely really appreciate it uh, for you to go there. You can do it anonymously, or you can uh, make a comment uh, if you wish uh, and be uh, recognized, which, of course, I appreciate any uh, amount that can uh, assist with that. So I appreciate it uh, very much. And, again, you could get, uh, get that to the Give page on the website. And so uh, back to our topics is uh, now to, you know, talk about investigating, uh, investigating the investigators. Uh, you know, Trump uh, getting out there saying, look, we need to see, uh, look into the people like Comey. And, and they're getting nervous. I haven't really seen Comey making the circuit. I mean, for a while, he was 
you know, of course, maybe he's trying to sell a book as well, but uh, he was all over the news, uh, giving all kinds of interviews. Of course, uh, I'm not really seeing much uh, about the uh, the guy also who is uh, representing that you know, porn star or whatever, so that's kind of fell to the wayside. Now they're just kind of trying to backpedal with, with what they're doing with the timelines and everything. We're going to get delve more into that with our articles tonight. Uh, but I do see folks already in the call. If you'd like to chime in on uh, the going-ons uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, especially with our topic tonight, uh, investigating the investigators, uh, just push the one on your number dial, and uh, we'll get you into the show. And, again, uh, we'll look forward to next week to having the Hawaii State Representative, the candidate, uh, Roy Gonson. And uh, we will get to the articles. We've got plenty of time uh, for that. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and, uh, well, we've got a couple folks already, so let's go ahead and uh, we've got Dr. Tolbert on uh, first, and then we have uh, Suzette on uh, second. Um, and then let's, uh, we'll have Kelly on later, but well, when he comes in, let's make sure we wish him uh, a happy birthday because today is his birthday. He's out uh, celebrating with some friends now, having uh, their dinner there in California, which we know is three hours uh, from here from now so it's only about 7 p.m there so he may be in the midday dinner there so when kelly comes on let's all wish him a happy birthday here who knows maybe we can make him uncomfortable and sing him a, a happy birthday song <laughs> but be that as it may let's go ahead and uh welcome dr Tolbert to the show thank you very much sir for coming to the show how are you tonight uh, thank you i appreciate it and i think we should do is think that uh, kelly won't be able to stay up more than eight o'clock anyway so he'll probably join us early since it's his birthday which I, I kind of yeah, want to cover something that Kelly's doing also, ahead. if I, I can. Yeah, there's a, a thing that Kelly and I are talking about, and it's called the election fraud, uh, which goes back into what you're saying about the FBI and things like that. There's a rule of uh, 22 months that you have to maintain the images of voting under the federal law. And Kelly is now writing an article that I'm sure he'll follow up on and that the courts have ruled that if the uh, 22 months are going on and there's a lawsuit, that the commissioners of the election cannot destroy the images. And in such ruling, uh, the court found that people in Florida had destroyed the images because the election commission in Florida uh, did not read papers that was given to her by one of her staff members, and so the documents were destroyed. And what Kelly's doing, and I want to make it a point of the show, is writing a letter where the executive branch, which follows through where we're going next with this, the executive branch has the authority that in the case of election fraud or the destruction of the images that are taken at the time of voting, that the president can, in fact, uh, enforce it by having the FBI uh, investigate and bring charges because it would be a, a federal crime, which leads us into the next article. On February the 14th, we filed paperwork with the president of the United States asking for a thorough investigation of the FBI, the CIA, and Homeland Security. And needless to say, by the 20th of uh, February, he signed 
uh, for these documents, and that within three to six weeks after that, there was a thorough shakeup, and new people took over the CIA. Uh, new individuals are now taking and becoming uh, the secretary of the state, and that there's a realism by the IG and the Justice Department that the FBI had overstepped their boundaries, boundaries, and that, in fact, Obama and Clinton had, in fact, violated and committed a treasonable act uh, in their investigation and what they were doing with Trump. So the ongoing things that we do, and we sometimes don't fully comprehend the end results, but it was what we're writing and what we're doing, which leads us into the next part. You know, we had three talk shows on VA, and in the three talk shows, we sent uh, at the beginning of May articles to the president of the reorganization of the VA, and that we were totally against the choice program and the uh, VA hospitals. And we wrote how a card should be issued that is like a card that we issue military retirees, such as myself, which is called TRICARE. The president is signing a bill within the next couple days, in fact, doing that, that the choice program will be completely reorganized and the veterans will have a broader range of care. And in fact, they're even going to open up where a person that wants to be trained or have uh, knowledge about dentist or medical will be able to do training within the VA and then will be able to supplement and be more involved with our veterans. And this is kind of how we did it 30 years ago that we brought in individuals into the military through uh, schools. Uh, We trained them. They became more adapted to working with our veterans. So I just kind of wanted to recap the two articles that we've written and the impact of these articles. For those that don't know this, I'm a retired master sergeant. I'm a doctor of education. But I'm also an independent candidate for the uh, United States uh, Senate in the state of Florida for 2018. So I'm one of the few candidates that are not going to take donations, even though I'm a 501c4 and a 501c3, and that uh, Scott is going to spend about $50 million and Nelson is going to spend $50 million, and Scott is illegally a candidate because he is currently serving as a governor and he's breaching the laws and statutes of Florida. And this is again, a typical uh, what's happening. Uh, We were on talk show the other day and the tea party was going into how they back Trump and how, and, and we know that the tea party has in the past been more dedicated toward the Republicans than toward candidates. Uh, They're taking the position now that this is not about being a Republican, but it's about uh, Trump, but they want to support a Republican in order to keep Trump in office. 
And I'm suggesting that the Tea Party and other independents don't look at a Republican or Democrat, but take on someone like myself, who is totally in support of Donald Trump, who totally believes that Donald Trump is doing the right things, who writes 80 to 90 pages in memo book form to the president since January 2017, which is a reflection of ongoing policies. So voters have to reconsider the constitutionality of the electoral colleges, the uh, popular vote. They have to relook at that I'm not going to be in a primary race in May, but I am on the ballot as a writing candidate. And that if I can impact by the letters that Kelly and I do or what we do with the veterans on how and what I'm doing in other areas, that I'm actually having a greater impact than any of your 100 senators that are currently in office. So that's kind of where I want to take that for you right now, Robert. Well, I appreciate it. We get, well, I'll touch uh, back on that as well as uh, get to uh, our other sniper. We do have Suzette who would uh, chime in as well. So but, uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on, Robert. Oh, always. Go ahead. Oh, I, I'm just waiting for you to go ahead and start with the article. <laughs> I just oh, okay. I didn't know whether you had. If you want to speak on things you've been uh, listening to or hearing before I do that, um, you know, of course, you know. Again, we can find these uh, from the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Um, and the first one, uh, you know, of course, you know, people hear it in the news, things of that nature. That I think they're finally starting to uh, pull the noose or whatever on. You know, on the deep state and on the, um, you know, the people who are are running are actually, I I don't like to use the word conspiracy, right? You know, I I really don't like to, uh, to do that. But I mean, you know, because once people start hearing, you know, hearing that, they just like, oh well, you know, they just kind of shut, you know, shut things off, you know, you know, shut, shut their their, their ears and their minds off when they hear that that word. Uh, But that's basically what. <laughs> More than one person conspiring to do something. So in this case, it kind of fits the bill, I think. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, no, that's that's quite all right. And the first one we've got here is actually from the Hill. Uh, this is, uh, you know, that was like uh, it was on the the twentieth. So you know, not like today, but it, you know, it's, it's recent enough. It says uh, the deep state, and you know, guess what? You know, everyone's uh, been calling. Uh, you know, pretty much the, the the fourth estate. Of course, we're talking about the media, and of course, you know, our you know, so-called intelligence uh, uh, agencies. You know, things of that nature, um, and of course, Obama holdovers and uh, things of that nature. So the deep state is in a deep state of desperation, and as I said earlier, I think it's the you know they're feeling it. You know, the light is on them, and, and just like roaches, when you know, you what happens when you shine light on roaches. Uh, but anyway, it's a uh, with little time left before the Justice Department Inspector General report becomes public, and with the special counsel Robert Mueller having failed to bring down Donald Trump after a year of trying, they know a reckoning is coming. And by gosh, let's hope that <laughs> there is. Um, uh, but seriously, then we could get really back to the nation's work. But anyway, at this point, there is little doubt that the highest echelons of the FBI and the Justice Department broke their own rules to end the Hillary Clinton, quote, matter, 
but we can expect the inspector general to document what was done or, more pointedly, not done. It is hard to see how a year-long investigation of this won't come down hard on former FBI Director James Comey. And as I stated earlier, we're not really seeing much of him uh, doing interviews and stuff lately, have we? Perhaps he's, he's lawyering up and getting himself a defense. But anyway, and perhaps even former Attorney General Loretta Lynch, which we've heard nothing from, uh, who definitely wasn't playing uh, Beijing in a secret no-aids-allowed meeting with former President Clinton on Phoenix Airport tarmac. Uh, with this report on the way and congressional investigators beginning to zero in on the lack of hard, verified evidence for starting the Trump probe, current and former intelligence and Justice Department officials are dumping everything they can to save their reputations. But it's backfiring. They started by telling the story of Alexander Downer, an Australian diplomat, as having remembered a bar conversation with George Papadopoulos, a foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. But how did the yeah, – of course, I think uh, Papadopoulos kind of put himself in that position more so than appointedly in, in my way, my thinking. But how did the FBI know they should talk to him? That's left out of their narrative. Downer's signature appears on a $25 million contribution to the Clinton Foundation. You don't need, to, need much imagination to figure that he was close to with the Clinton Foundation operatives who relayed information to the State Department, which then called the FBI to complete the loop. This wasn't intelligence. It was likely opposition research from the start. In no way would a fourth-hand report from a Maltese professor justify wholesale targeting of four or five members of the Trump campaign. It took Christopher Steele with his funding concealed through false campaign filings to be incredibly successful at creating a vast echo chamber around his unverified fanciful dossier, bouncing it back and forth between the press and the FBI to appear that they were multiple sources all coming with the same conclusion. And I think that's where, remember, they're coming, 13 intelligence agencies, media, 13 intelligence agencies, you know, are always saying the same thing. There's your echo chamber. And it says, time and time again, investigators came up empty. Even several sting operations with an FBI spy we just learned about, about failed to produce a DeLorean-like video with cash on the table. But rather than close the probe, the deep state just expanded it. All they had were a few isolated contracts with Russia, Russians, and absolutely nothing related to Trump himself. Yet they pressed forward. Egged on by Steele, they simply believed Trump and his team must be dirty. Thus, they just need to dig deep enough. Perhaps the murkiest event in the timeline is Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, which he needs to be taken out of there, in my opinion, Immediately, uh, who cares what it looks like? Uh, I think who cares what it looks like politically? I mean, I think the the people, especially the people who support Trump, are, are not going to care. They'll probably cheer. Um, uh, appointment of a special counsel after he personally recommended recommended Comey's firing in blistering terms with Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Which who, who's Jeff Sessions? Oh, that's right. He's the attorney general. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we, we really don't hear anything from him. And I'll be honest, I was kind of excited. At first, when I heard about Sessions being the attorney general, I, I think they're actually, I thought, 
Oh, here, I hear some background noise somewhere. So it's a mute phone or mic or whatever. I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, but anyway, is I mean, I actually thought maybe Trey Gowdy or maybe or even Ted Cruz would have made it a better attorney general than Sessions. Um, you know, I mean, so let, I can't say I was that excited, but I mean, I thought he'd do more than what he is, but he's not. But that, I actually, I don't know why that surprises me. But anyway, uh, with Attorney General Justice shoved out of the way, Rosenstein and Mueller then ignored their own conflicts and took charge anyway. Rosenstein is, in fact, a witness, and Mueller is a friend of Comey, disqualifying them both. Flush with 16 prosecutors, including a former lawyer, for the Clinton Foundation and an undisclosed budget. It's millions and millions of dollars of taxpayer dollars that they're paying for this thing. Uh, The Mueller investigation has been a scorched earth effort to investigate the entirety of the Trump campaign. Trump's business dealings, the entire administration, and now it was not Russia, maybe it's some other country. Yeah, um, I think they're talking theory or something probably. Uh, The president's earlier legal team was naive, and I would have to agree with that. Trump – I think Trump knew that there was a swamp. I mean he talked about it during his campaign all the time. But I don't think Trump really knew the – I don't want to say the depths of the deep state, but that's the first thing that's going to come out. Um, I don't think he realized how bad it really is. And I don't think we – I don't think we, the American people, realized – I mean I know I didn't – realize how bad this was and how, how corrupt things were until they really started coming out of, you know, coming after Trump and, you know, and just – and everybody like that. I, you know, but anyway, it says, uh, the president – okay, instead, the less investigators found, the more determined and expansive they became. This president and his team are now on a better road. To put appropriate limits on all this, and, and that's true. I think you know it, it is getting some better, but it's t- it's time to take offense, and I think that's what they're doing. And it says now this process must be stopped, preferably long before a vote in the Senate. And, and rather, they're talking about and, and even I know I'm jumping off the article a lot, but uh, but one of the things I think Trump would be foolish to do. If to, if to go in front of Mueller and, and, and be questioned for God knows how long, you know, later on this year where they're talking about, you know, they're talking about Giuliani was actually, you know, looking into the, uh, you know, revamp of the questions that uh, he wants, that Mueller wants to ask Trump. I, I think Trump needs to just stay out there at all. He's, he, he just, he's not familiar with playing their game. And they're, 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 they're masters of their craft when it comes to trying to flip the people up. And I do not think you should you should do that. And we'll we'll get other people's opinion on that if you like. Um, the process may be stopped preferably long before the Senate vote, rather than a fair, limited, and impartial investigation. The Mueller investigation became a partisan, open-ended inquisition that, by its precedent, is a threat to all those who ever want to participate in a national campaign or an administrative again. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're hearing this all the time where you're using our intelligence agencies to investigate, and now we're hearing about these spies, you know, not just investigate, but infiltrate. you know, you know, infiltrate a, a, 
an opponent's, uh, you know, opposing party's uh, campaign. Now we, now I've seen this on, now I've seen this on the electoral level, and what I mean by that is in 2012, when I was volunteering for the Gingrich campaign. Uh, now it was, but, but I'll be honest with speculation, but there was a lot of, you know, a lot of smoke. When there's smoke, there's fire. Now no smoking gun, but I mean I believe that uh, the Gingrich campaign was infiltrated by uh, Romney supporters, uh, namely in his communications uh, portion of his uh, campaign. And I'm not going to me- you know, mention names, uh, but too many people quickly jumped ship from the, uh, the Gingrich campaign over to the Romney campaign. And just some of the things that they, they did just made it look like they were actually operatives for um, – for the Rom- for, for Romney, because I mean, we know how much the the RNC and the establishment of the Republican Party wants to coordinate uh, Romney. But anyway, so I mean, I've seen it on the electoral level, but now I mean, we've got actually agencies, you know, in, in our government, you know, in the intelligence community that are being used. To, I mean, this, this is uh, uh, totalitarianism. You know, you know, countries that do that. You know, we're talking about Nazi Germany. <laughs> Doing stuff like that, you know, Russia, Stalin, you know, those types of uh, governments. You know, certainly not here in the United States. Well, we can't say certainly not anymore, in my opinion. Uh, but anyway, it says its prosecutions have all been principally to pressure witnesses with unrelated charges and threats to family or just for public relations effect, like the indictment of Russians, uh, internet trolls. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's stupid. They, they. Uh, you know, they indict 13, 12, 13 people. They're, they're not going to be extradited here to the United States. They're never going to be touched. It was all a, a horse and pony show, smoke and mirrors. That, that indictment was BS. Um, uh, unfortunately, just like the Doomsday Machine and Dr. Strangelove that was supposed to save the world, but it instead destroys it, the Mueller investigation comes with no off switch. You can't fire Mueller, which I think is BS. I think you can. Um he needs to be defeated like Ken Starr, the independent counsel who investigated President Clinton. It says, finding the off switch will not be easy. Step one here is for the Justice Department Inspector General report to knock Comey out of the witness box. Next, the full origins of the investigation and its lack of any real intelligence needs to come out in the open. The attorney general himself, the target of a secret investigation, needs to take back his Justice Department. Sessions needs to act. When I don't, I don't see this happening. I mean, Sessions is Sessions has to be one of the most absent AGs that I have ever seen. And I want to, and let me know anyone out there who agrees or disagrees with me on that one. But I think Sessions is the most absent AG I've ever seen. Um, uh, needs that quickly, along with the attorney general. I'm sorry, U.S. attorney. John Huber appointed to conduct an internal review of the FBI on the Comey and McKay matters following the inspection general report and then announce an expanded probe into the abuse of power. And I, I, I think we need to get some criminal stuff going on there, too. Um, you know, I think they should get, you know, look at getting some of these people prosecuted because let's face it, folks, and, and reporting and unveiling and uh, oh, showing the corruption, that's not going to do anything. That's not going to prevent this kind of thing from happening again. There, there, there's going to have to be, 
you know, there's going to have to be, you know, prosecutions of, of these folks uh, to do that. And now I want, uh, you know, cause it, it, it's not, it's, it's just not going to, it's not going to stop um, if, that, if that don't happen. I mean, it's, you know, and, and through my understanding, this is unprecedented. And, and when you hear that, you know, this could very well be the biggest scandal in U.S. history, at least modern U.S. history, we may see it. And I hope we, not, when I say I hope we see it, it's, it's not that I'm excited that this is going on. It's just this is something that needs to be revealed to the American people, uh, especially for those who um, actually, you know, really think that this is going on uh, with, you know, with, with the Trump administration. But says, the, and then to continue, it says, the president's lawyers need to extend their new aggressiveness from words to action, filing complaints with the Justice Department's Office of Professional Responsibility on the failure of Mueller and Rosenstein to recuse themselves. You know, see, take a lesson from Sessions, right? Uh, recuse themselves and going into court to question the tactics of special counsel from selective prosecutions on unrelated matters, illegally seizing government service administration emails, or just destroying like Hillary. Anyway, covering up the phone texts of FBI officials Peter Stroke and Lisa Page, and operating without a scope approved by the Attorney General. Uh, the regulations call for the Attorney General to accuse himself from the investigation, but appear to still leave him responsible for the scope. The final stopper may be the President himself offering two hours of testimony, perhaps even televised, live from the White House. The last time America became obsessed with Russian influence in America was the McCarthy hearings in 1950. And then it just continues, blah, 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 you know, about that. But it's a stopping Mueller isn't about one president or one party, and this is what I was alluding to earlier. It's all about the president and all parties. It's about cleaning out and reforming the deep state so that our intelligence operations are never used again against opposing campaigns without the firmest of evidence, which there isn't here. It's about letting people work for campaigns and administrations without needing legal defense funds. It's about relying on our elections to decide our differences. And certainly, you know, and later on, if we could get to it, we got a, an article talking more about, you know, the timeline. And, and, and this investigation has been coming out even more, uh, you know, even earlier than what was first thought. Um, and, I mean, I think once, uh, you know, it was, it was looking more towards Trump was going to win, that they really started this. Um, now, remember, they thought all this stuff was going to be hidden under the table because they really thought, every, you know, the conventional wisdom was that Hillary's going to win. And so, you know, none of this would have ever, ever been brought up. But let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to our panel here. Uh, first, let's bring in a new panel uh, panels here, and that is Susan. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Um, I'm fine. Hello? I'm here. Go ahead. Can you? Oh, okay. I can hear you. <clears throat> well... I kind of need your help or advice on something. Uh, plus, I'm going to, you know, John McCain is c- causing problems even in his supposed dying disguise. And he's been a friend for a long time. He admires what I say. He says, to all you Facebook warriors who call John McCain a songbird, I dare you to be tortured. Beaten, burned, waterboarded, how silent would you remain? Now, I had made a point in his 
uh, one post that uh, I certainly felt he was a songbird because we've all heard it. You know, it's, he's been called that. He was a traitor, in my opinion. And I, I told him that again. I said more men were tortured a lot more than he ever was. He sold out. His dad had some influence there to help him. And then he says, well, if I tortured you for 20 minutes, you'd snitch too. I says, well, not if it was about my God and having to give him up. No, I, I would just have to live with it and suffer. And But then I went back to the other. None of these wars we as a country, we shouldn't have been involved with. Vietnam was a police action, not a war. I can't back down on this. I despise Jane Fonda for selling out also. So then his uh, mother-in-law came on. My husband was a Vietnam vet, and his father, and just about happened in the country, doesn't Americans would have been blessed to have been blessed to not have to fight on U.S. soil. And Trump is a craven, craven coward, blah, blah, blah. McCain served this country as a soldier, was tortured and disabled for his service. I respect him for that. Uh, whether or not he's a liar is a new point when you add up to all the lies and hate to view out of Trump on a daily basis. A police action is a farce, and an intelligent person would know that. Soldiers fight soldiers in the cities, blah, blah, blah. So I said, I did not say I was against the military. I support them, not the wars. I can do both. It was labeled a police action, unfair to our men. She said, you can't be for the soldiers and rail on them. McCain was a soldier. I said it was mostly McCain that I railed on. I am done. I will not have a battle of wits with a witless individual. I'll pray for you. And uh, I, I pray for Trump, even if he is, you know, evil and all this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, this man, he's getting more support from Democrats. I mean, we do have some Republicans that are, oh, boo-hoo, you have to be nice because he's dying. No, I don't have to be phony and say something nice. I don't have to. A truth is truth. But um, apparently even Democrats are standing up for him because he was a soldier, and yet they're supposedly against war. Okay? So how can they be for him? So I don't know what to say or do because I'm tired of I have more people attacking me because they know I don't care about McCain, whether they're liberals or conservatives. I, I'm just stunned. I'm stunned. I don't understand it. Well, with the Democrats so, uh, support support him, I mean he's more uh, he's more of a Democrat than he is a Republican anymore. I mean, you know, that's in my opinion. I think well, he, I understand he that. More with them. Yeah, Robert, I, I think just, you got to get in the answer that Sawyer's is behind McCain and Rubio, and therefore the money that these two individuals and what they've been doing have not been in the best interest of the United States. So the fact that the man has a illness of cancer of the brain is not relevant to his position and what he has done as a senator. And I think what people are doing, they're putting the fact that he probably should resign and give up his position based on his lack of service as a senator versus him staying in until he dies of a death of cancer of the brain. And that's where the argument is today. 
Well, I can understand. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like McCain. I never have. Uh, when I voted in 2008, I guess I was voting for Sarah Palin when I clicked that in. Um, but uh, I, I mean, but I wouldn't want to, you know. You know, I've seen somebody. I literally seen somebody pass away. You know, from cancer, brain cancer, actually. Um, and it's a, it's a horrible thing to witness. And I hope that I never have to see something like that ever again. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you're not in a, uh, you know, that's an important position. If you're not in a position, you know, where you can live to your responsibility, you should, you need, you need to give it up. Well, yeah, he should be spending time with his family now because he's not going to be here forever and, and it'll probably end in the near future. So why isn't he doing that? He's supposedly such a family man. So well, because his legacy I, I is probably just, more important to him. I mean, I'm speculating, but I just am stunned. Like I said, that I, you know, I don't have to like the man. I don't have to respect him. And he lied about what he did in Vietnam. We, the, most of us in the know, know this that he he was a songbird. He betrayed others. He, you know, he's a type of Jane Fonda, except she wasn't a soldier, you know, and I, I can't respect people like that. Do I hate him? No, but he disgusts me because, because of him, he and Carrie teamed up and the pals that were missing, you know, they, they didn't go with that. They didn't run with that to get him to, to rescue them. So I, I just wanted your advice to that handle this with all these people. I'm just surprised with brain cancer that he still has all his mental faculties. It's surprising because a lot of times that um, they go downhill real fast. Oh, the issue yeah, that's is true. I mean, I knew, my, I knew never, my sister-in-law did. Yeah. John McCain hmm. never had mental faculties, so anybody that wants <laughs> to assume that prior to his brain injury that he had any, needs to go back and look at what he endorsed and what he has signed and what has created a problems with the veterans. Now, having said that, there's a new bill being passed, and there are five senators, and they put McCain's name as one of the senators because he's been on the committee uh, for VA. And what we have just written to the president over the last year about reorganizing the VA is actually a new bill that's being passed. And somehow McCain's name is going to be on that document, which is going to make people rethink his position of how he's destroyed the VA over the last 10, 15 years. I think they have to take into consideration they're manipulating uh, the bill to give him credit before his resigning. Well, you know, the Syrian Christians came over. They were in support of Assad. A couple of years ago, they came over here. And Graham even apologized to him because McCain treated them rudely. He was horrible to the Christians. And so, like I said, having Graham even apologize was highly unusual because usually him and Graham are like this big item. And so, you know, I don't it's know. It's funny you put it that way, they're an session. item. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyhow, I just... It's I funny you put it in that context. They're an item. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, I guess I'll just have to live with it. If they don't like me or what I say, oh, well, there's nothing I can do about it. You can just you know, say just you're going to pray for him as he passes on to the next level. And that would be? <laughs> he's going <laughs> to join God soon, and you're just going to pray for his uh, presence with our Father. <clears throat> just leave it. Well, I... Yeah, you can't bring yeah. the two subjects together. you got to keep it separate that he has been incompetent as a senator. And his illness is only going to make him more incompetent. And his wife is all the money behind him throughout these years. And that he needs to fall back on supporting his family and remove himself from the government. Well, that I agree with. That's for sure. That's a nice thing. Hey, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate all you guys listening. I. Well, thank you, Susan. Let's go ahead. We have uh, we have our friend Joseph on the line, so let's go ahead and get uh, Joseph in. Thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Um, fine. Thank you for having me. How are you, Robert? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Thanks for asking. Uh, great. I'm uh, sorry I joined in a little bit late, guys. Um, well, no, that's so okay. I only got to pick up on a little bit of the end of the discussion, so... Um, you could kind of fill me in on um, our topic. Robert, let me read something on, on a book being written which will summarize what you've been talking to so that he can see what you've been saying, okay? It's called Killing the Deep State, and it's a book written by Jeremy Corsa, and this kind of summarizes what Robert was talking President Trump is on the verge of a major Justice Department massacre, says Jeremy Corsa, the famed investigator author. Corsa, whose new book, Killing the Deep South, has become a New York Times bestseller, says insider sources, telling Trump will act soon and decisively to end the special counsel probe. Um, I just got something in my eye. That's always good to read. Um, <laughs> we're, yeah, how's that for an answer? Uh, we're right now at the point where I think Donald Trump is getting ready to fire Mueller, Corses says. I think it's intimate, he added within, with emphasis. He also says Trump won't stop with Mueller. I think the American people will not object to Mueller being fired and in his wake, his prosecu- his protector, uh, Rosenstein, and in his wake, Sessions. And, and it just goes on from there because of the fact of what was covered and goes into the fact of the, uh, the hidden codename Prudential Plan was the undercover group of individuals that were emplaced in the FBI in order to uh, destroy Trump's campaign and how they have uh, put people in the FBI. And this all corresponds with the letter that we sent to Trump and how and what's going on. So there's articles covering what you just talked about a minute ago, Robert, what we have written about, and now there's people actually writing books about it. 
Thank you so much for filling me in. I I appreciate that. Um, uh, do you think that uh, if he does fire Mueller, that uh, the Democrats will move to impeach? Because I know that's what they've been threatening to do, um, or at least try to do. Well, I mean, I don't know. Go ahead, Dr. Tolbert, and I'll give what I think. Yeah, the, the question is, can the uh, Congress pass a bill stopping the president from firing Mueller? Because at this point, the president has the authority to do this without the authority of Congress. Congress, with the Democrats, are trying to formulate a plan, working with a minority of Republicans, saying the special counsel um, can be under the control of the Congress and not the president under a statute. However, the attorney general and several other people have changed that now, and that is the reasoning of the investigation is going to switch within the next couple weeks and that Mueller will be under investigation and charged accordingly. Thank you so much, Dr. Tolberg, because, uh, that's been lately the um, talking point of the uh, National Democratic Party is that uh, if he fires Mueller, uh, he's obstructing justice and um, that they would move to uh, try to impeach him or that he should be uh, impeached, which I think is actually just uh, ludicrous and uh, more um, crazy ranting from the Democratic Party. Um, but also I wanted to bring up the, the summit. Uh, that Donald Trump uh, had planned uh, between uh, North Korea's uh, dictator and uh, the president of China. And uh, Jimmy Carter even went as far as to say that uh, if uh, Trump is able to pull off a successful summit where he's able to bring both people to the table, he deserves the Nobel Peace Award. Now, when that happened, MSNBC went nuts about that. Uh, CNN went nuts about that, and all the left-wing radical news outlets went nuts about that, and um, even uh, congressional Democratic uh, caucus leaders uh, said that um, he would not be deserving of a Nobel Peace Prize because that is his job as commander-in-chief. And um, so I just find that uh, most Democrats um, will never give Trump credit um, so it's like it's as if damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And, yeah, but yet um, they gave Obama, but yet they gave Obama one for something that had total ridiculous authority. The problem with Trump right now, there are 16 Republicans that have already submitted the paperwork for the Nobel Peace Prize. There has to be authenticated uh, documentation presented. That has already been done. However, the Joint Chiefs of Staff made an error in recommending military joint exercise with South Korea prior to the meeting with North Korea, and North Korea turned down uh, its interaction with South Korea. This week, Scott's South Korean president did join uh, Donald Trump. There was a new discussion and it has not yet been terminated that there would not be a meeting between North Korea and South Korea. But 
the strategy of having a joint uh, exercise, military exercise, within weeks of an actual meeting was not the best decision, and the president was ill-advised. Thank you, Dr. Tolberg. Um, I appreciate that. Um, another another thing on that, um, uh, Kim Jong-un came out today with a statement uh, completely contradicting the whole point of the summit, stating that the United States is to blame uh, for imposing unfair sanctions on North Korea. And uh, I just find that to be not only ludicrous, I think that's ill-advised for him to say that you know, one day he's for coming to the table, and then the next day he does the opposite. He contradicts himself, and he goes makes uh, a ridiculous statement like that that's only going to, um, you know, possibly alienate um, China from wanting to come to the table. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a turnoff to our president. Um, uh, hopefully he doesn't uh, view it that way, but I, I would think it'd be a turnoff. So, um, you know... I think it's uh, decades of failure of past administrations who have not taken the tough steps to seriously deal with North Korea has allowed North Korea to get to this level of uh, having nuclear capabilities. And not many people are giving credit to President Trump. He's the first president um, in over 40 years to uh, really um, uh, take a really hardline, serious approach with North Korea. Yeah. The the issue there is that the North Korean president is undermining intentionally to set up a degree of negotiation. So he is moving things around so when they do go to the table, he's not going to look foolish in front of his own people. So when he takes a stand and makes these comments, as ignorant as they may seem to be, it's actually the groundwork of salesmanship. Uh, that he can say, but I stood up and I did this and I stated this, and we ended up getting this out of it because we compromised. So he is taking a viewpoint. The president, being one of major corporations and industrial items, and knowing that the majority of the North Koreans are supported by Russia and China, and keep people keep forgetting they only mention China, the majority of the prisoners in North Korea are actually in Siberia in the Russian camps, and the trade goods and products are just as much transported to Russia as they are China. So it's not just one country involved in the trade embargo should North Korea not agree to go through with what's going to happen. It will impact two major uh, companies that export goods. Thank you, Dr. Tolberg. Yeah, someone sent me a, uh, a clip on 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 Facebook. I was kind of hoping I'd responded to it, but now I can't. Uh, or maybe it's on my my homepage here. Um, and I didn't listen. I didn't listen to it well because I'm on the show. But something about Rex Tillerson, uh, it's on PBS, so I don't really pay too much attention to what, you know, you have on PBS. It's, uh, oh, I guess it's 
gone already. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, something about Tillerson was saying something, and they're like, oh, you know, the, the deep state is a myth. You know, Tillerson was – has anyone heard uh, anything from Tillerson uh, that perhaps I just haven't seen? Uh, we're here to say it's something about, you know, Trump or anything. And they're like, oh, well, he was Trump's handpicked for, you know, Secretary of State. Of course, we know he's not a Secretary of State anymore. But um, has anyone heard anything on that front? I haven't. Okay, no, I don't, I don't think I'm – now, it's pretty mute right now what's going on with him, Robert. I found that okay. article that you're talking about from PBS. It says, watch, in bail oh. shot at Trump, Tillerson warns America democracy is at risk. That's what you're Oh, yeah, about. okay. Did you find – yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Yeah, I found it. Uh, your chat room is a big blank spot, <laughs> so I would put it in the chat room for you. But – Anyway, all I did was type in um, Rex Tillerson PBS. That was it, and it came up. So you want to do that? Yeah, I'm not even seeing anything in, ch- in chat. Yeah, there's it's a That's big weird. black box. <laughs> Square. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. Something came up, and now it's just gone. NSA. Well, anyway. So yeah, you know, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything on that, but you know, I, I, I just responded. You know, he, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of uh, Trump's beginning picks when he uh, started just weren't. Um, I think they're, as you mentioned earlier, you know, Trump unfortunately was ill-advised by a lot of people uh, when he first started. I mean, I think it's going to be midway into his, uh, you know. Which we're almost actually doing uh, midway into his uh, administration that he's really going to have, uh, you know, the, the right people in here. And I've got this article here for you uh, from the uh, Conservative Review, uh, which uh, you can, again you can find on the uh, website there, wibardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, uh, where you can get all the articles for tonight's show as well as uh, the give page where you can help me on my campaign uh, that I'm working on uh, sending my daughter to Italy. And uh, for those uh, out there who's either uh, pledged or said they were uh, going to uh, contribute in May, it's actually amazing it's over already, believe it or not. But I know we haven't had some shows due to my not being around uh, due to some un- unfortunate family things going on. Uh, but uh, I do appreciate it. You can check that out also on the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, website. And I got this actually uh, article from the website, but it's for you, Susan, uh, because I do know how much you do like Mark Levin. And once I could get this, uh, the quit freezing up on my computer, uh, that's why I have two computers out right now. I've got my desktop, which seems to be freezing up, and my laptop. And so now I'm just waiting for, oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what, these things yeah. just don't want to uh, I don't bring work up out here. While you're, you know, while you're doing that, Robert, I want to bring up the fact less than uh. one-third of the confirmation of the members needed to be confirmed by Congress have been even approved. So Trump yeah. going into his second year is so far understaffed, not only from right. those he don't need to get confirmed. So the Democrats are stopping the U.S. government to perform, and yet Trump is so far ahead and understaffed than any of the other presidents has been. He wanted to reduce his staff, too, I know. Um, right. He didn't need a whole, you know, 
big shebang. And so I know he wanted to reduce it, but not to this point. He is working on a skeleton crew. But if I may, um, I know that the transitional, um, I don't know, this agency that was created for the transition from power to power, you know, the new, the incoming, well, they have a lot to do with the ill-advising to President Trump because this company, this agency is uh, not a government entity, but they receive government funding and they do the hiring for all the staff in the White House and the other agencies. And they happen to be totally left wing, which is surprising. And they're not afraid to, you know, to admit it. They talk about it on their website. And I was just, when I came across it, I stumbled upon it actually. And I thought, wow, I wonder how many people know this, and that's probably where a lot of these leaks wow, are coming from as well. It is very amazing. I mean, unbelievable amazing. And they talk about how they, um, it is their goal to influence Congress and the president to steer them in the right direction for policy, regulations, and you know, laws, and influence them to right this ship. And I'm like, is that right? <laughs> and you're who? <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what we do is we send, our, we send our letters directly to John DiStefano, who is the personal secretary and personal advisor directly to the president. So my resume, my books, and everything I do, I don't go to Kelly or to other agencies, but we actually send them directly, and then we get confirmation uh, from either Trump's wife that has been signed for or John mm -hmm. DeStefano that they've been signed for. And then we get a letter of return recognizing what we're doing. So people have to realize if, if you're going to work for the White House, don't go through these agencies, but write directly to John DeStefano. Right. Okay. Um, I found the name of it. It's called the Center for Presidential Transition, and it's Partnership for Public Service. And you can't find out exactly who they are because – Anything that you click on as far as the presidential transition takes you to a different agency. So it's like you wonder, so what is it that you do exactly? <laughs> Are you just a facilitator like a hub or what? So I don't know. But, um, yeah, there, um, I don't think very many people know about this. this yeah, um, no, I didn't know it's and there were things that were changed um, in 2012 uh, from the Obama administration in Congress. One of the congressmen had changed something with the transition of powers, something that had to do with the staff. So there are a lot of things that had gone on in between. But, yes, again, that was the center for presidential transition. And here's that article. I was able to pull, pull this up on my laptop since my desktop's uh, not working. And this is uh, I, I know I'm a fan. I mean, I, I get I get hot and cold with Levin. I mean, I, I mean he's really you know behind President uh, Trump now. But let me tell you something. He wasn't when when Trump was uh, was running. He was actually a, a Ted Cruz uh, supporter, I believe. Uh, but you know now I guess you know Trump's president. He's, he's, he's supporting him. But uh, this is Mark Levin, and the the article is. Uh, it's from the Conservative Review, but, you know, you, of course you can get it through the web, uh, Bard's Logic website. So, Levin, two things Trump must do to investigate federal interference 
in the 2016 election. On Thursday, Levin TV host Mark Levin called for an investigation to the federal government for interference in the 2016 election. Appearing on Hannity, Levin said that the federal government was the greatest perpetrator against the American people during the election. And I would say the media, too, in part. But anyway, the, the left media. But uh, we, saw our federal, we saw our federal government used by the prior administration, by the head of the CIA, by the head of the FBI, by the head of the National Intelligence, and many, many others, used to try to destroy the candidacy of an opposition candidate in another party. Donald Trump and the Republican Party, Levin said. We've never seen anything like this before in American history. Levin said that ultimately, former President Obama and his surrogates should be held responsible for his administrative abuses. The FISA courts failed us. We have these national security letters that are supposed to be used in extreme circumstances uh, being used when we have a cabal of FBI agents who took it upon themselves to investigate a candidate and his campaign. And we, and then we have, of course, actual spies, one or more, in the Trump campaign. To my understanding, they're actually feeding people uh, information. But anyway, says, what the hell is this? The Soviet Union, Venezuela? There you go, Dr. Tolbert. I know you talk about Venezuela. Uh, it is the United States of America. There are two things Trump needs to do as soon as Special Counsel Mueller Turns in his report, the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, according to Levin. He called on President Trump to appoint a special counsel to investigate the alleged interference in the election by CIA, FBI, and Obama administration's top intelligence officials. He also said that Trump should appoint a commission to reform the government to prevent this from happening to any future presidents in the United States. People need to be held accountable, Levin said. And that's kind of what I was saying as well, is like, look, you know, the only thing I think that's going to stop this from happening again, and I don't really think this is something that's going to happen in the – and then I'll bring it over to you, Susan. Uh, but I don't think there's anything that's going to uh, happen from the Trump administration. Um, but th- there's going to have to be uh, – there's going to have to be prosecution, not, not only indictments, not only whatever, but there's going to have to be prosecutions. You're going to have to see people wearing orange coats, uh, orange suits, including Hillary Clinton. That would be great. But anyway – uh, but I think that's going to be the only way that this stuff's going to stop and it's going to keep people from doing it again. Uh, but what do you, what do you think uh, that, you know, I like Levin, you know, said sometimes I'd quote on him, but uh, lately, uh, but I was mad at Rush back in 2012, but I think he's, he's uh, actually become more conservative now than, pre, uh, than Republican. I thought back in 2012, he was more Republican than he was conservative, but I think he might've, uh, you know, might have actually become more, maybe because he, maybe because he doesn't need the Republican Party as much as he did, perhaps in 2012. But I mean, but what do you think about that? Uh, about that, Susan? Um, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm not as much of a Levin fan as you think. I'm a Michael Savage fan. Remember? Oh, maybe that's what I got confused with. I think you're right. And I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard <laughs> anything from Michael Savage in a long time. Oh, I get his emails and uh and uh, stuff like that um yeah he you ha- he's he's still doing his show and they talk about um, what's his bucket sleeping fox um maybe oh what is his name ha- sean hannity uh well they've all been on there but uh they never will allow savage on so what can i say but um well then 
he has good stuff, but there's times he ha- he's been for the constitutional uh, convention, the CONCON, as the Birch Society calls it, and we're not so we're not really excited with him on that one. So he has his moments where he is conservative, and he has his moments when he's like out there. So that's all I can tell you. I, you know, as for what he is or isn't, he's, you know, you have to read into it what you read into it, I guess. I know that's not a lot for me. <laughs> My mind's a little foggy right now. I need to. No, I know you said you had, you had a real long day. I, I understand. Uh, well, one of the things they want to, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of stock in, um, and I want to get the panel here's you know thoughts on that, and, and then I'll you know have my own, um, and we'll start with you, Doctor Tolbert, and then we'll bring it. Uh, and I do see some other folks on the line. If you want to get in, push the one your number dial, get you in. But um, we'll get it, uh, Doctor Tolbert, and then uh, yourself, Suzette, and then uh, Joseph. Is that you know they're they're taking a lot of stock on this report uh, from the IG. Um, um, I, I kind of have kind of concerned about that that they're. They're putting a lot of stock, and my concern is, is what if it doesn't uh, develop or uh, bring out – and that, what, what term am I looking for? Let's just say deliver. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. What if it doesn't deliver uh, what, what, what the expectations are? Because you hear the media, you know, you know, on Fox, okay, you know, that, and, uh, you know, maybe even some Republicans are like, yeah, when this IG report comes out, it's, it's really going to – you know, people are going to be uh, – wearing uh, orange coats, and I, I got another article to talk about that. But anyway, but they're taking a lot of stock in this. I mean, my concern is just what if it's flopped? Um, I mean, do you think it's going to deliver, Dr. Silver, as they're, they're saying? Or I think I have to answer that with the fact that I, that I believe there's going to be people resigning voluntarily before it gets to a major known factor. I, I think that the impact on Mueller and other individuals are going to come to the position that they need to close down, resign, and get out of it before they get prosecuted. I think the IG has already came to the conclusion that there is a need to prosecute. I think it's going to happen, but at what point does it just go away and get folded under the table? Uh, I kind of think it's going to get folded and go under the table before prosecution because that's the way the government works with these individuals. Uh, They will cool it down. I do want to bring up the point because you laughed about it of Venezuela. Um, There is the new president. I just bring it up a lot. I thought it was interesting that it came through. Go ahead. Yeah, the new president got elected. And for people that don't know, the voting machines in Venezuela are the exact same voting machines owned by Romney and Sawyers, and that they have actually have a company in Venezuela. The only five to ten percent of the actual people voted in Venezuela, but sixty seventy percent were showed to vote under the voting procedures, and the president continued in his communist format. When the uh, organizations of uh, states uh, got together, 
they call them the American states, uh, got together and they were going to ban Venezuela and sanction Venezuela. Now you're hearing Romney and you're hearing people running for office now making headlines talking about what we should do in Venezuela and they're doing it for political reasons where in fact we wrote the first letters in January last year uh, people are now coming to the conclusions but the big thing is that the fraud uh, voting and I hope Kelly does come on uh, and that the what's happening in the White House not just with Mueller but with the political parties themselves in a two-party system is created corruptions throughout our United States. No, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, I've been, you know, me, I've been touting the multi-party system for the six years that I've been, you know, that I've been on the air here, um, or at least five years of it. Yeah, probably six because, you know, after the, the, the 2012 primary, yeah, we, we were interviewing all kinds of uh, alternate parties here. But, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe that will finally crack the nut uh, of the two-party system. I've You know, I've never really been a fan. Well, I can't say never. When I was a kid, you know, I was a full-fledged, you know, uh, Michael Keaton, you know, Republican. <laughs> Actually, that's what they used to compare me with when I was a kid, uh, to anyone who's seen that uh, show Family Ties. Um, oh, yes. But, he, he, but yeah, so they used to call me the the Michael Keaton uh, <laughs> politics. So, uh, do you have your little briefcase? <laughs> I, I did actually have a little briefcase. So, I love that show. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and then the, he had he had the liberal parents, and yeah. So. Oh yeah. Uh, but actually, you know, talk about people being in trouble. There's uh, an article I found. It's you know, kind of uh, it's a small article on the on the website. Um, oh, wait a minute. I, let's see. Oh, okay, I've got I, I've got you. I've, um, it was just I'm responding to a, a message here on Facebook. So. Um, Okay, great. Awesome. Well, here's one. Somebody might be in trouble here, and this will be happy to see. And remember when I said earlier in the show, and this, maybe this is why we haven't heard much about Stormy Daniels. It's, now, this is, you know, twitchy.com, so take that as, as you may. Um, as it says, uh, it says, it seems only yesterday when Stormy Daniels' heroic lawyer, Michael uh, Avenatti, was bemoaning being personally attacked says, uh, never before has a, a attorney in a lawsuit been personally attacked to the degree on issues that have nothing to do with the lawsuit or who he represents. My personal life, business, past clients, etc., have nothing to do with the current cases and the fact of those cases. Um, hashtag Zepra. And then, uh, so stunning and brave that Michael uh, Aventi, or not, and these are Twitters that, you know, they're, they're posting tweets, it says, uh, area lawyer unfamiliar with the concept of credibility. So as far as for today, um, it says, I'm too, I am too outraged that the federal court ruled against you that you did not pay your taxes. Uh, so now what? And Michael uh, fitting in a tweet from this is breaking. A venti law firm hit today with a $10 million judgment in U.S. bankruptcy court 
Justice Department lawyer says Avanti also defaulted on his back taxes. He agreed to pay. Story ahead. And then um, just you know, more going down. It's kind of fun. But it looks like he might have some some problems uh, himself. You know, about him being a deadbeat on his taxes. So who knows? I mean, as I said, it's not a, like a you know, big article. But who knows? Maybe that's why we haven't uh, haven't heard from him uh, much uh, lately. So. But anyway, that was a little, that was uh, that was a little off topic, but uh, anyway. It's okay. It's good to break up the monotony. So hopefully we'll. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, again, you know, we haven't, and as you know, Doctor Point uh, Toller pointed out, and I hate to say it, but I think that he might be correct on that. Whereas it's going to be. Um, you know what I mean? As instead of them, you know, actually getting. Uh, you know, prosecutor or something. It might just be where it's, uh, you know, they just faded to the background, and maybe that's why we're not seeing as much of of Comey, um, unfor- you know, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope they do, but I don't know. It's quite disappointing already to know how much is out there as far as evidence and still – as you were saying earlier, as far as Jeff Sessions, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Could you just be sitting back watching all of this unfold? Are you trying to get your ducks in a row? Because we've got enough in a row already to start taking some action and stopping Mueller and send him packing and get rid of Rosenstein. And come on, Sessions. I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, President Trump, when are you going to just say, do something or get out <laughs> because I'm just dying. <laughs> yeah. And that was exactly yeah, uh, the letter we wrote to the president. We actually wrote the letter to the president saying that under his authority and, and going through the constitution and laying out how the FBI was originally formulated and how it was put together and what, and what he can do. I believe is why things are going to go under the table and go away. It'll keep the Democrats from um, being embarrassed and aggressive by making it quietly go away. Whereas if it aggressively goes to the IG and then there's hearings, then the Democrats are going to look more foolish. And I think there's a undergoing quiet compromise going on. Oh, so you think uh, there's kind of some some behind-the-scenes stuff, then? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I really believe that the Democrats realize that if this goes into hearings, court cases, that the Democratic Party had formulated under Obama, that it will destroy them, able their ability to get into the election this year. And I think they're trying to keep everything quiet at least until after the election, and then it may formulate again. Uh, the oh, Democrat well, I hope not. We got to have this. We got to have this before the election, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem. That's why it's really getting quiet, and why people are talking about doing things different because of what's happening in November and who's going to get elected. If the Democratic Party is known to have caused 
the uh, people working or infiltrating presidential offices, hiding documentations uh, behind the Clintons stealing $250 million from Haiti, uh, the government organizations, uh, the actual funding behind Obama coming from Saudi Arabia, uh, Sawyers, and the Bush family. Uh, all this would come out in an investigation by pursuing the FBI, Mueller, and the Russian. So there's more involved than people really. They, they see a small picture, but there's a bigger picture that would come out of all this should this go into more investigation. Well, I know that there are some things that have already been investigated. I just posted a link in Facebook for you, Robert. It's to the DOJ or the OIG, I'm sorry. And it shows <clears throat> the different cases that he's investigated and that he has sent over to the Justice Department recommendation. And then they these things don't get picked up. They just are declined for prosecution. I mean, on April 30th, 2018, investigative summary findings of misconduct by an FBI special agent for contacting witnesses for an improper purpose, divulging law enforcement sensitive information to unauthorized individuals, providing misleading testimony, providing false information to the OIG, mishandling classified information and misusing government devices and his position. And it says here, the OIG has completed its investigation and provided its report to the FBI. And that's it. I mean, as far as, oh, okay, I'm sorry, here it says, and provided false, a criminal prosecution of the SA was declined. And it goes on and on and on down the list. Prosecution was declined. Prosecution was declined. Sometimes there, these people have left already, and sometimes they're still there, but nevertheless, Nothing. And I'm just yeah. there was there was there was an individual and I don't know his full name, but he was a doctor or something or other that worked back in the Clinton administration, went through the Bush, the Obama and through Trump and infiltrated and was providing the Democratic Party and other individuals information and formulating the plan to oust President Trump. Uh, they just found him as an informant. There was a police officer that was involved in the protection and and of the president uh, that was actually uh, now found as an informant. There's been a group of individuals that are now coming to surface, but for whatever the reason, they're gently resigning and removing themselves without prosecution. And that's why I think it's going to lead that this non-prosecution is going to see people resigning from office instead. Right. And I don't think the American people are going to be real happy with that. So what, that they're out of office? Yeah, I don't think... They, uh, um, they broke the well, law. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that I, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be happy about it. Nope. Not me. That's for sure. Well, from the position of the president, for him to be getting involved in that rather than the world issues, uh, it would be in his best interest, if you think about it, to have it just go away uh, so he can continue to follow up and be the executive officer of the 18 responsibilities 
under the Constitution to include the issue of closing down uh, Department of Education to reinforce the Veterans Administration to uh, negotiate with China, Russia, to close down the threats of Iran and North Korea. Uh, the issues of the reorganization of the Federal Reserves, uh, the closing down of the Dunn Act of uh, businesses being able to fall out because there are more major banks, which is going to be signed off, uh, the president is going to close. So there's so many major issues that the president is actually working on for him to be involved in this other one would take away from his being able to be a president. And even though we would want to see prosecution, it might in the long run be in the best interest of the government to make it just go away and then change and bring us back under the Constitution, which the president is trying to do and uh, is going to Colbert. Good yes, ma'am. Things that by letting those people go. Now, now the president will not be overseeing everything. He's just setting things into motion because it's not his Correct. job to oversee everything that happens in the Justice Department. Just putting it into the right hands and saying, here you go, and we need to clean house over here, need to clean house over here. You're my guy. Handle it. And so he can move on. Because in my opinion, I think if – these things are quietly swept under the carpet and these people resign, it's not going to stop anybody else from doing it in the future unless they see that there are repercussions for their actions. You know, as far as, holy cow, this guy went to jail. He's still sitting in jail for what he did. Do you think I'm going to do that for you? I don't think so. Try somebody else. <laughs> because right now you just sweep them under the carpet. They'll come back. There, there's two, there's back. two people that need to be prosecuted. And the rest can be relooked at. Obama should be prosecuted and can be prosecuted and impeached. Even though he is no longer the president, he is still eligible for impeachment and for committing treason. That is being considered as an action already. The other one is Clinton as the Secretary of the State who can also be impeached and committed crimes of treason, which means that their salaries that they're receiving from the federal government then would be taken away under the formation of impeachment. Uh, the Constitution That'd be nice. <laughs> opens, Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's where this needs to go. I think it needs to go out of the hands of the lower echelon, kind of like the lady that had the files destroyed on the voters' images after 20, before 22, well, at the end of 22 months when there was a court case, uh, and she mm -hmm. couldn't do it. She should be prosecuted, not the person that gave her the documents to sign. Well, Obama right. is the person behind the infiltration of President Trump. And Obama what? is one that's committed treason and should be impeached. So if we're going to look at anything, we need to look at the impeachment of Obama, and we need to where look the at the stops. impeachment of Clinton. Yeah, where the buck stops. I didn't know that they could still be impeached. Well, I learned something. Uh, there's new. actually a court case going on now about the, uh, the constitutionality 
of the impeachment of a person that was a president because you continually call them the president even though they're not no longer the president. But remember, mm-hmm. they're still taking home several hundred thousand dollars a month. They're still getting security. Uh, they're still getting FBI guards. Under the act of impeachment, they would lose all that, and also uh, they could face uh, charges uh, and be put in jail. That would only be done under the case of impeachment and treason. Hmm. I never looked upon it that way. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that would work. And that takes care of the problem. The American people would look at who put it together. We don't need to look at these other 40 people. We can just take the guy in charge who directed these 40 people to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the question. They were paid under the table through uh, the White House and the transitions uh, by the man in charge and the woman in charge. And these are the two people we should be going after. So if you want to go after Mueller, you, you need to go after Obama first. Uh, like everybody it. thinks we, yeah, I think we're just looking at it from the bottom. I think we got to look at it from the top. Good point. Thank you. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, I'm good. Oh, and hopefully, <laughs> yeah, the NSA that, yeah. Let's hope that, that yeah. <laughs> but how possible is that, though? I mean, you really think that would happen? I think there's already uh, a setup uh, going on from my research and my understanding that it has a possibility. Um, how far we, we know that's only happened four or five times in our history, but actually came to tuition once or twice. Um, it is something not normally done. But in this case, I believe it absolutely has to be done. Uh, we will not get our – I don't believe Trump should run as a Republican in two th- at the next election. I think he should run as an independent. Yeah, if, he could, if he could win, that would be great. I think he can win. You know, you know, if you take myself, who is no party affiliated, running for the Senate, and I can bring all the veterans, the senior citizens, and the independents to vote for Donald Trump. Donald Trump would win the election. The fact that he is a Republican or a Democrat, and the only reason the Republicans fell behind him was because they realized that if they did not get behind him, Clinton was going to win the election, and they didn't have a candidate that could beat Trump. So the Republicans are only falling behind Trump in order to stay in office. We need people that are independents that will support Trump that become senators. We have 100 senators. And if these 100 senators become 30 independents and they don't become liberals or conservatives, but they become constitutionalists. And remember, a constitutionalist could be a liberal or a conservative depending on the issue because some of the constitutional articles are not conservative and are not liberal some of them sit in the middle of both of them so when someone says well dr tolbert you're a liberal no or you're a conservative no i'm i am a believer in following the law of the constitution therefore if it is not constitutionally correct there is no authority for the federal government to be involved in it and when i send articles to the president 
It is about the constitutionality of the article. So when we did the FBI, we sent him the constitutionality of the FBI. When we sent him articles on ethics, when we send him articles on treason or warfare or common core, we don't just send it to him because of our thoughts. We do the research and then we phrase it in the Constitution. We filed mm-hmm. charges against the Supreme Court for the violation of the First Amendment where marriage is one man and one woman under the First Amendment, but under the 14th Amendment, it could be ruled civil union. So they would not be called same-sex marriage, but it would be a civil union. However, the Supreme Court could not order the states to have a a civil union. The Supreme Court could put, would have a ballot where they would present to the members of their state What people don't realize, the federal courts have no authority over the states and the governors as sovereign states. But they did that in California. I'm sorry, Dr. Topper, but they did that because California voted against it, and they took it to the Supreme Court and overturned it. They overturned the people's will. But the Supreme Court has no authority under the Constitution, and the governor of a state can deny a Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court cannot make a law. The state of Florida has in their constitution that marriage is one man and one woman. And since under the 10th Amendment, there is nothing about marriage, and they're trying to place it under the 14th Amendment, Florida has allowed individuals to have same-sex marriages, which violated the Florida Constitution, and under the disguise that the Supreme Court can write a law. Well, the Supreme Court cannot write a law, and the Supreme Court not, cannot deny, or can they enforce a law? Only the executive branch can enforce. The Supreme Court's responsibility is to tell you the constitutionality of a law and if it is, in fact, following the Constitution. Laws right. can only be made by Congress, enforced by the Uh, president and then under the Supreme Court to be determined legitimate. Well, when we sent the article to the Supreme Court, we challenged them and they told me I could not come directly to the Supreme Court under Article 3. And I showed them under the paragraph of Article 3 of the Supreme Court that I, as an individual, do not need to go to a lower court or a federal court, that I could in fact go to the Supreme Court. This takes Mm -hmm. us into the fact that Congress needs to set up a term limit of no more than 10 years for the the justices because of their failure to stay in line, and which, by the way, one of the Supreme Court justices is getting ready to retire, and it's going to open up a second one that Trump is going to have a responsibility within the next year to put in office. So there's... there's, Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, him being a nationalist and people accepting that um, he doesn't really bow down to the left or the right, that that uh, paradigm will be smashed. And I think people will vote for him, like you said, as far as if he goes independent, because he isn't loyal to either side, but to the Constitution. And and that's where we get back into that Trump has taken a position, as I do, he is not a conservative, he is not a liberal, he is not in the right or the left. But he is now trying to follow the terms of the actual Constitution. 
Now, I don't want to say that we're the only one briefing him, but there are letters written that he says, through our studying and educators teaching us, we have come to the conclusion that we need to act in a different manner. Well, I'm a doctor of education. He gets 80 to 90 pages a month from me. So am I one of the individuals or is it another coincidence? And I'm going to go with the fact that I'm the non-paid 501C3, 501C4 that sees a big picture and that the president understands that the individuals that he has on his staff is not seeing everything that's going on and they're getting a different viewpoint. That's good. Well, well, you keep up the good work there. And we do uh, have some other uh, – Susan had to go for the, uh, this evening, so she wanted me to uh, convey to uh, everyone uh, good night, and uh, she appreciated uh, all uh, your time there on the show. And we do see other folks on the line. If you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you in. And we are at about the bottom of the hour, uh, so please don't let your uh, – phone or mic or whatever uh, loose charge, uh, because unfortunately at that point uh, we would not be able to uh, get you back uh, into the show. And so let's go ahead and uh, bring things uh, over to you, Joseph, if there's uh, something you want to add to uh, what they were discussing. If uh, not, we can uh, perhaps either bring somebody else in if they uh, want to push the number dial. We could go to uh, our next uh, article or, or item of discussion here. Go ahead, Joseph. Okay, I know that he was uh, on a call, uh, and so he may still be on that call. Um, I know he's working on some campaign stuff. Uh, He's actually uh, one who got us our guest for next week, who is, I'll tell you a little bit about that. And that is, uh, and that is, uh, I've looked at two things at once, Randy Gons, who is uh, running for the Ohio State Representative uh, in Hawaii, so that'll be uh, interesting. Looking forward to uh, having him on the show. Uh, no, you've got uh, confirmation he'll be on next week for about an hour. Uh, so we are, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, to having him on. And so we got. Uh, it says uh, an article here. Uh, this is from the Western Journal. Um, a conservative Tribune, and again, you can find this on the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, as well as on the Give page where you can assist me, the host, and uh, sending my daughter to uh, Italy next year, which would be awesome. I'd really appreciate that. But for the article, uh, it has, for more than a year, Democrat-aligned media has denied and scoffed at allegations that elements within the Obama administration had spied upon Trump campaign during the 2016 election. That all changed recently with the leak admission of an informant, and actually I think there there might even be two, um, and they're actually feeding uh, some Trump folks some information. But anyway, who've been querying marginal Trump campaign associates for information about supposed connections to Russia on on behalf of former President Barack Obama's FBI. That admission... Uh, combined with the voluminous uh, ream of text messages between FBI agent Peter Stroke and former FBI lawyer Lisa Page, 
that had previously been released have made it abundantly clear that Obama's FBI was indeed running a counterintelligence investigation into the Trump campaign, one that was directed from the highest level. National Review's Andrew McCarthy recently shared that he had gleaned after a deep dive into the many texts between Stroke and Page. Well, I can have made some fun with that, but anyway, uh, with a particular focus around the time the investigation of Trump's campaign was initially open. Uh, McCarthy's main takeaway was that the Department of Justice had redacted the juiciest and most revealing parts of those texts, specifically the names of high-ranking officials outside the FBI who were involved in the investigation, among other bits of information potentially damning for the Obama administration. This brings it back to what you were saying, Dr. Colbert, about perhaps uh, seeing some criminal investigations or indictments or maybe even prosecutions of Obama himself, or at least impeachment. Uh, there was one text in particular from Stroke that McCartney highlighted that former Bush White House press secretary Ari Fleischer felt should have garnered even more attention than it did. A message that appeared to indicate the involvement of Obama White House is running the entire operation. And that tweet from Ari Fleischer seems to me the headline here should have been the quote cited by Peter Stroke, attributing to a attributed to a redacted source saying. The White House is running this, referring to a 2016 August, August 2016 to the opening of the Trump counterintelligence investigation. And that was something he tweeted on May 20th of this year, so not, not that long ago. Uh, quote, seems to – okay, I just read that. It says, that message from Stroke to Page was in regard to a high-level meeting, which includes agency people, as in CIA officials held – uh, August 5th, 2016, following his return from a trip to London where he presumably interviewed the FBI's informant through those particular details were redacted. Hmm, they redacted as well. The message from Stroke read, and hi, went well, best we could have expected, other than redacted, quote, the White House is running this, my answer, well, maybe for you they are, and of course I was planning on telling this guy, thanks for coming, we've got an hour but with Bill, um, pre-step there, I've got no control, whichever, whatever that means. So Bill, pre-step, okay. uh, Bill Priestap was the assistant director of counterintelligence and Stroke's immediate superior in the FBI hierarchy. Page replied, yeah, whatever, R.E., the White House comment. We've got the emails, and they say otherwise. Uh, two immediate questions arise from the exchange. Who was the redacted official who stated the White House is running this in regards to the counterintelligence investigation into the Trump campaign and what exactly is contained in the emails referenced by Page, quote, that say otherwise? If Congress hasn't already demanded uh, to know the answer to those questions, they better get, better get on it soon. Odds are that redacted individuals to whom the quote is attributed is an incredibly high-level official with some measure of authority whose identity, if revealed, would prove devastating to the entire Trump-Russian collusion investigation narrative. McCarthy also wants to know what names and information are hidden behind the many redactions within the released text, and wondered if these classify, if it was classified or simply embarrassing to the DOJ, FBI, Obama administration if released. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be ironic if the same FBI 
that cleared former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton for the unauthorized transmission of classified material were themselves transmitting classified material through text message in an unauthorized manner. So, and what they did, as they say, they the plot thickens. Yeah, they used covert names and were transmitting data not using their real names. And I think if anybody pulls up impeachment of Obama, you're going to read, if uh, Barack Obama ordered political spying of candidate Trump, he must be impeached and barred from holding any future federal office or serving in any future administration. So not only under impeachment does he face the possibility of charges of treason, but he's barred from any other political office. So I think that we really need to be looking at the impeachment of him at the higher level. Well, that would be that, that would be incredible. I mean, but gosh, now if we're talking about treason, I mean, it would be more than him just being impeached. I mean, doesn't treason, you know? No, then he would be. Then he could be. The question would be, if he's impeached and then has committed treason, would a president then pardon him for the treason offense, but? continue to allow him be impeached what we've seen in the past that presidents even when they should not have actually pardoned a person from committing a crime while in office and that is going to be a topic that we don't know because if a democrat became the next president remember that democrat president could pardon obama from treason So that's the issue of politics. Hmm. Isn't there a firing squad so he couldn't really be brought back from treason? I mean, you know, line him up and oh, well. Yeah, we're actually <laughs> we're actually setting this no. up in Iran right now who's upset because all the money they paid Obama is not getting back into their pockets, so they may be considering uh because Obama is still working with, he's still going to Iran. And he's still undermining the United States and the nuclear power. Mm. So there's a lot going on. Obama, although you don't know where he's at, he's uh, involved in NATO, the UN. Uh, he's involved in the middle of Iran. Uh, his wife is considering the running for Senate in one of the southern states. Uh, no, there's so yeah. much unknown about what's going on, uh, you think he's being quiet. Uh, we have to remember George Sawyer's money is, I think, seven times larger than Trump's. And Sawyer's has been banded from nine countries. Um, we we need to start by bringing charges against Sawyer's, against Obama, against Clinton, with Sawyer's, we need to take his citizenship from him since he was a naturalized citizen. Uh, we then need to confiscate all of his money, uh, which we can do under the Articles of Law. Uh, we need to confiscate all the uh, – Obama came into office with less than a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, he's now worth uh, close to $100 million. 
this money they're trying to tell you were based on a book that he wrote, which is sitting in the hundreds of thousands in Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's there's so much going on that the news is not picking up on. And if you just sat down and did a couple hours of research, you're going to find that we have a real problem with our political system. Oh, yeah, and I'm running. Actually, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I said, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate. Go ahead, Robert. <laughs> well, um, you know, the, the thing with that is, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, people, because I, I said uh, late, earlier this evening, I responded to somebody who said, uh, who said, you know, all the deep state, you know, is a, is a myth, the mythical, the mythical deep state, as they called it. And, you know, and, and it makes me think that, you know, actually the corruption in our government's not, uh, not that young of a thing. I mean, if you remember, uh, what, what's that? Mr. Smith goes to, uh, to Washington. I mean, that movie was what made in 1940. I mean, that's, how many years ago? It's a sixty, you know, almost eighty years ago uh, that they talked about that. Now this country isn't that old, you know. And you know, if you're talking about eighty years out of what two hundred and something years of this country, which is almost half if you think about it, um, or at least a third, or close to a third, they talk about the you know, corruption. Because uh, they're talking about government corruption back then. I mean, that was back in 1940. I remember reading that, yeah. you know, or seeing the movie. I'm like. Well, they're talking about government corruption back then. Yeah, but you know, there's going to be people argue with me about the Illuminati's and the Jesuits and the tie together of the uh, Masons. And you know, we've written seventeen, well, probably eleven articles on that subject. And that this deep, deep South or deep state or whatever they want to call it, they're misleading you. Uh, this is a group of individuals tied together with your Federal Reserves, uh, tied together with your UN, tied together with your Catholic Church, uh, tied together with George Sawyers, tied together with Russia and China, um, that are funding the Democratic uh, alleged party uh, that is now trying to take the United States in the same direction that Cuba and uh, Venezuela is in. Um, we're, we face this issue with Puerto Rico today, and I know it's, people don't think the necessity to talk about Puerto Rico being your 51st state. We wrote the letter to the president prior to him agreeing to work with the governor of Puerto Rico that Puerto Rico needs to become the 51st state. And the politicians in Florida are only supporting Puerto Rico to get votes, but they're not doing anything to help Puerto Rico. This is, again, part of the Democratic Party and other individuals not seeing the bigger picture. We need to stop talking Democrats and Republicans. We need to get back into the Constitution. We need to get rid of everybody through thorough investigations, which we ask that the president does to include the investigation, and this may bring up a problem with people's mind. We believe Pence should be investigated. We believe Kelly should be investigated. We believe that Pence and Kelly are both undermining the 
the president of the United States. Uh, people would argue that, but if you go to Indiana, you will find that the highest level of gun violence and gun problems in Indiana, the highest number of Islam, Muslim, uh, the highest problems, and the fact that the Democrats want Obama or they want Trump out of power and they want Pence in power. We also look at Kelly, who is taking credit and saying, I told the president to do this and I'm doing it for him rather than the president has guided me and asked me to take care of this and I'm acting in his behalf. You cannot take credit for what the president is doing if you're John Kelly. You have to let the president get credit. And Pence is the same problem. People are not realizing that the president needs to really have somebody in his staff that's going to get more involved rather than an outside presidential transition. And I did pull up that website. Um, That is a total error having that type of an organization hiring people for you. Yeah. Yep. That's not crazy. And I, they call it actually the shadow government. And they're actually, I prefer that because over deep state, because as you were saying, Dr. Talbert, Obama's still in action. And then you've got the, you know, CIA, FBI, they're all doing their own thing going rogue. So in a sense, it's a shadow government. They're operating behind the scenes, trying to undermine the current president. Rather than we've asked, deep state. Yeah, we asked <laughs> on the 20th of February that the president closed down the FBI, CIA, and Homeland Security, that he put them all in one organization and he completely reorganized, which he has the authority to do. Uh, people don't believe that under the Constitution the president does, but we sent him letters showing where he could actually do that. And Homeland Security is actually an unconstitutional executive branch uh, that needs to be totally closed down. It's totally not being handled properly. Uh, There are so many shadow governments, as you stated, uh, that he has on his staff uh, that the shadow government is people of his members. I mean, you know, we got into why would your staff recommend Uh, that you go to South Korea and have a military exercise unless they wanted to stop you from negotiating with North Korea, which would infringe upon trade agreements with China and Russia. So the shadow government wants you to have war with North Korea. They don't want you to be at peace with North Korea. They don't want China and um, uh, Russia to have trade sanctions. So, you know, there's... People are only seeing that why is people continually undermining the authority of the president and the president's staff is not recommending what is in the best interest of the United States, but they're only looking at what would be in the best interest of China and Russia. That's mm-hmm. the shadow Yes. No, we do have. Uh, let's go ahead and bring John in. He'd like to uh, chime in with us. Uh, and then I still see uh, Joseph on the line. So, uh, Joseph, when you're ready to chime in as well, you're uh, welcome to come back in. But let's go ahead and welcome John. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? 
Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. It's always good to hear everybody. Yeah, um, the sad part of it, in my humble opinion, is that this whole system is nothing but a puppet marionette orchestrated by the criminal enterprise of mob bosses from all around the world. Because you think about it, it's been rigged from the get-go. I mean, we know that you were saying earlier, Robert, it's, you know, with the Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, they were talking about it. Well, the corruption happened way before that movie came out in order to give the guys who, you know, put together that movie the idea of even doing the movie. And then if you look through all of the desperation of what happened that caused the 1929 crash and then usher in the the uh, Dust Bowl and all these different things that caused, you know, so much poverty and whatnot across America. And that was back when we had little, you know, a lot less convenience to information and access. Well, today's criminals, you know, and I call them criminals. I don't want to call everybody a criminal. It's just when we get on these shows, you only got a certain amount of time to talk. So I try to get right to the nut of the issue instead of wasting a lot of time saying, oh, no, this guy's a good guy, but this guy's a bad guy. And blah, blah, blah. But the point of it is there's too many bad guys that are in positions of control, and they sit on the boards of all these businesses around the world, and they also have access through their hedge funds and their international money banker um, affiliations to be able to get money on the very cheap. And when they sit on the boards and they all have the same um, issue in the sense that they want to exclusively control governing of the world. Now, they may have different opinions because the Mercer brothers and, and the Koch brothers have a different perspective than George Soros and and um, Bill Gates and his little crew or Warren, you know, Buffett and stuff. Well, those guys are the face of what we see in a lot of the higher-ups, but they have a whole bunch of little accomplices that work hand-in-hand with them that are also on those board of directors, and as long as they have the ownership and they are able to use corporate laws to protect themselves, and they continue to sit on the board, and then they get these puppets called CEOs and and VPs and, and presidents or congressmen and whatnot to be manipulated through the force of, hey, we're going to pay you big money to do our will. If you don't want to do our will, then we'll figure out a way to make sure your kid has polio, or we'll make sure that your uh, real estate establishments around the world get marred and beat down and whatnot, and your business drops off. So you either tow our line and take the million that we're willing to pay you to give you a life worth living while you're here in this position, or somebody might find you're going to have a little harder life to live with. So as long as we continue with the same system and we just keep changing people like we have since 1776, then we are not going to get anything different. We're going to just be insane continuing to do the same thing and expecting different results because it's the system that's broken and rigged and everybody just thinks that we can keep playing this charade game and then it's going to go away. None of these people included 
are concerned about staying right on with the Constitution. They're going to play the game close enough to fool the rest of us to make us think that they're at least trying to stay on the Constitution, but they're being manipulated. And it's just sad that that's the way it is. And until we get our head wrapped around that fact that we got to make these people accountable to all of us and stop um, giving our power back to them to for them to run roughshod over us, and that's what's happened. That's just my opinion, you know. But I can yeah. I can usually back up everything. It takes three days in a week to do it, though. But and back to you, Rob. Yeah, John. Let me just back. No, up don't make for a long show, saying. but I'd be up for it. Go ahead, Doctor Colbert. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to reinforce what he said. Uh, Kennedy's family came from the mafia, and two of your major banks are the mafia. And I'm not going to get into names of the banks. But the fact is that the corruption did start with the mafia, and they did set up the entanglement of the political system and the corruption. And a lot of people don't look at the historical fact that they were filtering and cleansing drug money and that the drug problems in America and the selling of marijuana and the uh, Cruz uh, and Bush family uh, and their payments uh, were all made and paid through the mafia or that the Bush family supported uh, and made money out of Hitler. So there was and still is a great amount of influence to our financial system. We just sent 15 letters to the financial institution of the violations of the three credit bureaus that are being manipulated, one of which is owned in Ireland by the Masons and are a multi-billion dollar company. I think it's uh, it could be Expedia, but I'm not sure right now because I don't have the paper. But there are these three multi-million dollar Uh, companies that are keeping you from getting loans uh, to manipulate and filter money uh, to the uh, groups of individuals undermining American constitutions and the illegality of the banking systems under not just the Federal Reserves, but the fact that they were formulated under the mafia. And talk about John Kennedy without looking at the great-grandfather and the mafia so this goes back way before people even think. Even the Electoral College under getting Lincoln elected and uh, and how it violates the 23rd, 25th Amendment. So there's, there's so much to this story that John is presenting to you that is just undermining and unconstitutional. And Robert, may I jump back in real quick? Uh, real quick, uh, we've got uh, about a minute. Before we reach the top of the hour, so again, don't let your call drop. If we do, uh, we won't be able to get you back in uh, the show, so just be mindful. We do still, still see some folks here on the line. If you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and we will uh, get you into the show. But, yes, uh, don't let your phone drop after the minute, or unfortunately we won't be able to bring you back in. Go ahead, John. And like um, many people have said on previous shows before, when you look at all the things that's going on around the – Um, I'll just focus on the United States for right now, but it's actually all the way around the world trying to draw us into those issues in order to give them cover to manipulate other nefarious things on the backside. It's a Machiavellian trick. 
or they create the problems on one side and then they turn around and provide the solutions on the other side in order to keep you distracted and then you're so busy and that's what they're doing with Trump right now keeping him so busy and he's so focused on trying to answer the campaign promises that he promised and he's only himself and he doesn't have the army of people they've been building up for the last 60, 70 or 100 years because they continue to do, have the money to make sure that their kids are well informed on how it how it works. So what they do is they raise their kids in preparation to take over when they die. So that way their kids can exclusively control everything. And then you have, you know, all these Machiavellian scrambles going on around the world that keep everybody distracted and talking about stuff that's just allowing them to have cover to do the real nefarious stuff under the um, radar, and and you don't even know you're getting suckered in. So within the next seven to ten years, with the AI that's going on, the molecular electronics, um, the nanotechnology, and the biometrics that's going on, America is going to be turned on its head, and you, we don't even see it coming. I mean, some of us do. But there's very few of us, and because we, maybe I'm not the greatest speaker in the world but uh, or a communicator, and I don't know how to read minds in order to know how to exactly explain it to each one of you in order for it to make sense where you buy in. But as, as time goes on, little by little, you will reflect back on conversations with different people, and you'll go, man, that person was right on. I didn't, I thought he was crazy or she, depending on who it was that was telling you whatever. But now I see the development of that happening. And sometimes, you know, it just takes time for it to sink in, or you've got to have access to certain industries multiple industries and and issues in order to be able to kind of and so within the next seven to ten years we're all going to start being forced to accept things that we never even um, fathomed that we would have to accept and just a basic thing that's coming um, probably in that time is they're going to have all kinds of sensors in your shoes and in the sidewalks so They'll know exactly where you're at at every moment of the day, every time, you know, whatever time interval it is, and you will not be able to hide for nothing, for anything, and they'll be able to manipulate and control you because they'll force your money to be dealt with through the bank, and you will no no longer have, um, you know, legal tender to do things without them knowing, and if they don't like the particular things that you're doing or the things that you're buying, they'll pass a law to make you illegal, and now you're an enemy combatant, and they have full control because you you never claimed your power while you had a chance. Back to you. Well, some of those things are, you know, I I think are already in the works, but uh, some of those, you know, know, I'd go as far as say far in the future if, if not at all, but uh, hopefully it doesn't come. But people definitely have, they need to stay awake uh, on that. And, and, and we've got another article here. Well, it's, a, it's a small one, but it is kind of telling, um, especially where it's coming from. And this is actually a, in another one from On the Hill. It's just <laughs> once you hear the the, the, the name, you're like, yeah, I got what's what's going on. Um, and I've got the article, and then I've got uh, Cindy on the line. We'll get you in, Cindy. It says, formal F and she may want to make common instance. Former Attorney General, former Attorney General, well, I couldn't get that out. Eric Holder, we all know him, right? Uh, on Monday, urged Department of this, this. This should tell you what Trump needs to do. So do the opposite of what you know. But then it says, former Attorney General Eric Holder on Monday urged Department of Justice 
and FBI officials to simply say no to President Trump's demand for an extended investigation into his claims of FBI wrongdoing as it relates to his campaign. More DOJ norms being eroded, Trump a subject of investigation, wants access to materials related to the inquiry, Holder tweeted. Holder served as the attorney general under former President Obama from 2009 to 2015. He was frequently criticized, Trump, and floated the possibility of a potential 2020 presidential campaign. Yeah, Trump, I'm off the floor with you. He'll just bring up fast and furious. But anyway, his latest criticism of the president came as Trump and his allies have claimed without evidence that an FBI informant spied on his campaign for political purposes. On Sunday, Trump said he would demand the DOJ investigate the matter. It is uncommon for the president to request specific investigations from the DOJ. Well, this whole damn thing that's going on, we are in Bard's Logic After Dark now, but this whole damn thing, uh, you know, what's, what's going on right now is uncommon, uh, such as using uh, intelligence uh, agencies to uh, look on an opposition party campaign. But anyway, the president then met Monday with Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and FBI Director Christopher Wray at the White House. Trump agreed to a deal in which the DOJ Inspector General would expand its current investigation to include any irregularities with the Federal Bureau of Investigation or the Department of Justice tactics concerning the Trump campaign, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said in a statement. Sanders also said Chief of Staff John Kelly plans to immediately set up a meeting between two top, top law enforcement officials and lawmakers on Capitol Hill to review the highly classified material that representatives have sought about the, the informant. Republicans led by House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes have in recent weeks sought to access to documents that reveal the identity of the informant, even as intelligence officials have warned that doing so could threaten lives and national security. Not if only the Congress people knew who it is. But anyway, Democrats have urged that the Republican attacks on the FBI and Trump's calls for an internal probe are an effort to undermine Special Counsel Robert Mueller's ongoing investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election, which we're almost two years into. So let's go ahead at this time and bring in uh, Cindy. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Great to hear from you. I'm I'm pretty good. I'm I'm a little tired. I just got through a wedding, so <laughs> I'm I'm all right though. Um, I I wanted to comment. Oh, gosh, I hope I can get this all out. Um, Dr. Tolbert was talking a little bit ago about um, um, oh gosh, where did he leave? Anyway, what what we have here with President Trump is a situation where if he does not correct some of the corruption that is in Washington, um, we may not get another chance to to correct it, and it may be all over. So I don't like the idea of what Dr. Tolbert was saying earlier that they, they're thinking about doing is um, trying to uh, give the Democrats a way to save face and... Uh, keep things quiet uh, about what they've been doing uh, and the actual corruption that is there, I wish that President Trump would completely expose them for everything they've been doing and and have done. And one of the reasons I'm I'm totally committed to that 
is because, um, and and there's a plan out there that um, the Democrats have been working on for quite some time. And <clears throat> basically their agenda is to, to guarantee the occupation of the White House from now on. And um, this this came to me from hey, my Cindy, friend. I agree with you what you're saying, and I mentioned the fact that I believe that Trump or that Obama needs to be impeached and tried for treason as the supervisor, and that Hillary should be impeached in treason, and that everybody there under may be avoided in order to mm-hmm. stop some disruption. But I think you got to go to the top end, and this is the problem when you're in an organization. And there's corruption in the lower end. The president or the CEO of that organization is the one that needs to be fired. And I believe exactly. we're going after the wrong people. I believe it's Obama and Hillary. Well, it, it, it doesn't really matter where you go. You have to go. Because if we allow this to continue um, after Trump is out of office, uh, there is a plan to 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 get the White House forever, and and um, my my friend Bill Bill Marshall uh, Robert, you might remember Bill Marshall. He's come on the show before, um, <clears throat> uh, quite a few years ago. Anyway, this is the plan that he sent to me, and that this is their agenda. Um, that um, hang on, let me see where I want to start here. Um, how could it happen, right? Okay, another ingenious idea the, fo- the founders had was to establish the Electoral College. The far-left progressives truly wished this form of electing a president did not exist. Even a good perf- percentage of the so-called thinking people of this nation believe it's outdated. Don't fall into that trap. Uh, the Democrats' reasoning is because it cost them the election of two presidents in recent time, Al Gore in the 2000 election and, most recently, Hillary Clinton. The Gore-Bush election was finally decided in the U.S. Supreme Court because of the big dispute in uh, the state of Florida, you know, the hanging chat thing. And Hillary Clinton still believes... Which I wish we'd bring uh, back. Yeah, that she should be uh, president. So if for no other reason, we can truly thank God for the genius of the founders uh, for the Electoral College. The one existing and three previous presidents are and were Trump, Obama, W. Bush, and Bill Clinton. If it were not for the Electoral College, it would read like this, Hillary Clinton, Obama, Bill Clinton. Uh, for Four Democrats in a row elected and voted into office by major populated areas of this nation. If Hillary Clinton and Al Gore had been elected, this country as we know it would be already lost. Al Gore got 51 million votes. George Bush got 50.5 million. Hillary Clinton got 65.9 million votes. Donald Trump got 63 million votes. This is this is the uh, this that would be the um, the popular vote. Okay, so. How do we neutralize the the electoral college is, is their question, right? Can't happen, right? We've got laws against that, right? Well, changing the Constitution to eliminate the electoral college would be an almost impossible task. So then, what do you do? You don't go through it, you go around it. So, 
there will never be an amendment to eliminate gun ownership, but they can pass laws and tax ammunition and raise the cost to the point that it would make your uh, gun no more effective than that of a club. So, and that's the same it is with the Electoral College, okay? Um, it is an idea by the progressives and the Democrats. If successful and put into force, would guarantee the Democrats occupation of the White House forever. <clears throat> First, you must know this is not simply a future ambition. It already exists. It has not been heard of, heard about um, very much and never openly talked about. But this is as real as the ambition that the Democrats have to fundamentally transform so they have so that they may finally have their way with us. Eliminating, or to be more accurate, neutralizing the Electoral College, as previously stated, is already in progress, and this is how it can be done. Number one, under the current system, voters cast ballots for candidates, but it is the electors from each state that elect the president when the Electoral College convenes. The Constitution assigns each state a number of electors based on the state's population. The total number of electors assigned is 538. Each of the states, uh, each of the state's legislatures passes laws agreeing to give their electoral votes to the candidate who wins the national popular vote. You get that change? That would happen if each elect if each state's legislature mm. passed a law that agreed to give their electoral votes to the candidate who wins the national popular vote. All okay. of their ah. votes. Number two, it takes effect when enough sign. Excuse me, it takes effect when enough states sign on to that. Um, that it will add up to 270 electoral votes, the number of electoral votes it takes to win the presidential election. As of this date, there are 11 states that have signed on to the compact, those beginning, those being Maryland, New Jersey, Illinois, Hawaii, Washington, Washington, D.C., Massachusetts, Vermont, California, Rhode Island, New York, and most recent, Kentucky, uh, Excuse me, uh, Connecticut. Um, but what do all those have in common? They're all liberal politically. Okay, these states that have signed the compact now have a total electoral vote of 172, leaving only 90, uh, 98 more electoral votes to achieve their goal of 270, and guaranteeing their control of this nation's government. Compound that with the importing of votes through illegal immigration and, and chain migration, the potential to take over our government is guaranteed. Now, he gave a kind of a little example of, of um, how that could happen. Like, take, for instance, um, where is it? Okay. Can I add something to that while you're doing that? You know, like sure. Florida has 29, 20, 29 electorals that are needed to put your candidate on the ballot. So when the right. Constitution 
party could not get on the ballot, they came to me and they needed 14 more electors to get on the ballot submitted to the division of election. I got them mm-hmm. the needed electors that would be on the ballot with them. So you mm-hmm. as a voter in the state is not voting for the person that you're calling part of the electoral college. The political parties have already designated and have their group for their political party, which in itself is a violation of the 23rd and the 25th Amendment of the Constitution where you're going into the Electoral College. Secondly, it says that the president has to be nominated and the vice president. The fact you put the president and the vice president on the same ballot is actually in violation of the Constitution. So currently, the entire voting system for the president and the electoral colleges are not set up as what was supposed to be under the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Well, just just look at it. It's Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania and Florida were both. Well, Pennsylvania actually um, hardly ever. Uh, has voted uh, Republican in the presidential, but it did this year. I mean, it it did for Trump, okay? Florida is kind of a swing state. It can go either way, okay? Well, let's look at if um, Pennsylvania and Florida joined, uh, Pennsylvania, who's normally a a Democrat uh, state, if they joined Mm -hmm. in with this compact, um, there there came uh, 20 electoral votes right there, um, and then if you took the Florida swing states, if, if Florida passed that law and and we went and, uh, and uh, signed this compact and Florida became, uh, you know, the national popular vote um, person candidate would get their electoral votes, that's 29. That's 49 uh, votes away from uh, Trump and on to Clinton which puts her over. So now, uh, you know, just those two states being um, changed and and joining this compact and passing a law like that uh, would have How can that even be constititional? Because aren't you telling me by doing that? Let me interject. How can it be constitutional? Is it that disenfranchising your voters of your state? You're you're overruling their vote by doing that. That's, you know, that's that's the, um, you're looking at it from the uh, practical side and you're looking at it from, uh, you know, a person of sane mind, the side Can of the sane mind person. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, oh, um, that's, it's kind of the same thing that I was getting ready to ask you in the sense that is this compact, predicated on Article 5 in some way, or what authorization under the Constitution do they have to do this? Because just like what Robert was just saying, most every state, even if it's a Republican Party and Democratic Party, each state, their own um, Republican group or whatnot, have their own rules, and that's why certain states get a certain percentage that goes to the top two or three voters, whereas other states, the all of the electors' votes automatically go to the one that wins the majority vote in their particular state. So where's the authorization coming from for them to even do this? Well, here's the thing about that. Each party has their their 
rules about you know how their electoral votes get put out but but basically that's that's not how the state itself um has to has to work um that the the parties make their their rules they're not laws passed there's nothing um that that's legally binding about the way they do things however if the since states are sovereign Florida can pass any law it wants to, deciding whether or not, you know, how their electoral votes are going to be to be used. Okay? So, um that is not want, entirely to, true. That is not entirely true because they still time time, manner and places is the only authority that they have under the constitution. So under a federal election they cannot dictate the principles on how it's set up only under their local election. So there's a lot of questions that would be constitutionally incorrect. But what yeah, I'm saying is say that that was under each. What I'm saying is that it, each state can can um, can use its its majority of of um, of electoral votes in in any in any way that it wants to it, if it wants to uh decide to give the majority votes to the popular uh the national popular vote they yeah, can't override they, i mean they can override one party or another Cindy they can here, also do the, redistricting too here's part of the i guess yep. the fogginess that I'm having a hard time understanding what you're saying I don't know what everybody else knows, but I, from my small pea brain perspective and the few times I've been to precinct meetings and national um, convention type things, we the people decide who the particular people are that we're going to put on the ruling committee who helps produce those rules that determines how many votes from the electors go to which particular you know, candidate, depending on the votes they get. And some like I was saying, just okay, only in a primary, and we're talking about a general election. Okay, what I'm trying, yeah, in the primaries, you're right about that because the parties are in control of their elect their votes in in a in a primary situation. But once you get to the general election, the state of Florida has its own. Like for instance, the state of Florida decides, um, you know, when it's going to have a. a uh, when 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 is our date of you know election going to be? What what day are we going to have yeah, an election time, on yeah. this or that or the other? Like time Ex- manners except and for the national, huh? Right. No, under the Constitution, okay. the state states time, manners, and places. But remember, right. in a general election, when the Constitution Party had they won the state of Florida, I would have had. The 29 electors would have been under me, given to the Constitutional Party, and would have then been the nominee of that political person. The governor and the state of Florida had no authority at that point because you fall under the federal government laws. I think it's right before that point that she's referring to, um, yeah. Dr. Tolbert, where the states actually decide right before it gets to the federal level. Exactly. 
what, what in other words um when when Marilyn for instance says um uh we've decided we're going to give our state's um electoral votes to the the popular vote okay like when it, after all the votes are to, to, totaled up um we're going to take our electoral votes um you know there's i don't know how many Maryland doesn't have that many but anyway are are this many votes okay are going to go to the popular vote they do have the um the power to do that because of because they are a sovereign state and they can decide their what what you said before ways manners and whatever and and basically they can change that in their own uh on their own capacity and so that I I've got I've got to double think that one because I know under the 23rd and 25th amendment I know how that is set up and I cannot see how they can override a federal uh, constitutional law at a sovereign state level if it's already in the Constitution. The sovereign state level well, is that con- which is not in the Constitution. Right. Well, the Constitution only says that each state is going to have so many elect- or electoral votes and that that's, that's the whoever wins the most electoral votes, that is the person who will be the president, okay, or, yeah, after you total all up. Will that's be the, the nominee for that state, right. Right, exactly. So if if your state decides to take its electoral votes and swing them all over to the winning candidate, you know, now the only the only thing that could stop this from happening is if the people of that state refuse to allow their state to change that law and give away their electoral votes to the popular vote right. winner. That's that's basically I, a, a very dangerous, but could be potentially the way it could happen. It's scary as all get out, but... Yeah, no, and I agree that there's a lot of complication, and the, the words I'm using is the time, manner, and places is what the federal government says the state has in the federal election. And when political parties collect their own electoral college, like the Democrats had their 29, the Republicans had their 29, I had my 29 for the Constitutional Party. Even though I was an independent, I switched over because I wanted another candidate other than the people that were running at the time to prove a point, which we did, we were able to get a, a presidential candidate in Florida um, that I can't, I am not in agreement with the electoral colleges being constitutionally correct. And I know why Lincoln did it. I know why they put it together. I know what the constitution says about it, but I question and Trump is looking at, going to the popular vote versus the electoral college. And I'm not sure that I'm going to sway either way on that one. I'm kind of, I I can't, I can't, I could never, I could never support that because you're going to have two states that will completely control every other state. Pretty much. Yeah. And and I think that's, I think that sets up a really good reason for a civil war. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Trump only or won the election because the election not because of popular vote. Well, well, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the electoral votes are allocated among the states based on their census. And then we have the redistricting, and the redistricting could derail everything in the Democrats' favor, which they also call gerrymandering. And right. they can they have to do it by law, by federal law, but it's also done for nefarious reasons as well, political reasons, as they say, but I say nefarious. <laughs> oh. And Texas is the only one properly doing districting. Districting is supposed to be set up under what happened with the uh, Slavery Act. So they set it up so that the African-Americans could vote. Florida is manipulating districting in order to put in Republicans and Democrats. In the state of Texas, you could live any place and be a uh, representative because the districting is not by state division or salamandering, it is actually by the population and you can run and be any place and still be part of it. So uh, Florida and other states are violating the Constitution under districting. We wrote a an article on that one too. The whole point is that our manner of, uh, if you want to call it that, our manner of distributing our, um, of allocating our um, our electoral votes can be whatever our state wants it to be. But um, I think the reason that these other states that I just mentioned a little while ago that I read off, New York, California, Maryland, Kentucky, uh, Connecticut, all those, those are historically uh, uh, Democrat states. Um, mm-hmm. California had a quick stint with Reagan, but that was short-lived. And uh, yeah, very short-lived. And uh, the when you take and you and you change, the the people have got to stand up. And the thing is, they're doing this all behind the scenes. I mean, who's ever heard of this before, right? Who ever heard of this? No, nope, that's the first time I've heard it. Exactly. So. Um, and, and you know we have the um, the convention of the states that everybody's trying to get together. What can be accomplished there, or what can be de-accomplished there? I'm worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get to that point, who's going to be in control of this this convention of states? You know, who's going um, right, to and real quick, a real quick note that I did hear from Kelly tonight. He was still out celebrating. His birthday, so he wasn't able to to come in tonight. Unfortunately, we'd like to hear from him, but it was his birthday, so I understand he was out with uh, friends. But he did want to convey his hello to everyone. Okay, well, hello to and happy birthday to Kelly. Happy birthday, Kelly. So anyway, that I just put that in there. Yeah, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a thing. I, that's um, wow. Yeah, that would that would be terrible. Now, no, it'd be no. It could be interesting if that would be something that would backfire on them. <laughs> or maybe if there's a way that that could actually help help out, uh, like a, a third party or an alternate party. Go ahead, Doctor Colbert. It was me. Yeah, go no, ahead. John, okay. I'm just yeah. 
I, w- I was going to ask you, is there a way to identify the priority of how we're going to chew this elephant one bite at a time and start at one and all of us gang up on one till we get it done and then gang up on two until we get it done? How do we prioritize one, two, three, four, each bite of this elephant to conquer this mess? Well, you know our, what our biggest problem is? Our, our biggest problem is that we have no communication outlet because none of the television um, news outlets uh, will put out any kind of information like this. Not even Fox will because they're just a, a yeah, that's true. for the Republican elite. So they, they, they're not going to mention anything like this. So we got to figure out so, how to buy our own network so we can operate... <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're I guess saying? I think that's what I'm saying, but I don't know. That way. <laughs> I don't know where what, we're anyone get else, has anyone else noticed how slow uh, Facebook's been lately? I just I used to see like I used to get like in a couple days 99 uh, notifications, and I tell you what, I mean I I haven't been getting that many notifications on Facebook. Has anyone else noticed that? You mean spy book? Well, yeah. I don't even get on my go. political page anymore because nothing was happening. They don't they don't give any notifications to me or, or I, well, I got a few, but um, I know my notifications aren't getting out to anybody else. They're like choosing special things. I think I got on somebody's list somehow, probably through you, Robert. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it may have been. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I mean, mine's been really slow. I mean, like, I'll get on and be like six notifications. I'm like, six notifications? No way. I'm, I mean, I'd get like 90 something. Now it's like, as I said, like six. Like uh, tonight, I'm like, where's every, where's everybody at? It's, it's unbelievable. You know what kind of stuff I'm getting on mine is just, um, it, it's not my friends' notifications. It's, it's all these other people, all these. Um, well, you know, like uh, organizations and things that I'm not even friends with, I'm not in groups with. Um, it's weird. I'm I'm getting notifications for all from all kinds of weird things, and not, they're not my friends. Yeah, my, my political Is friends. It? I look. I go to their pages looking for them to see what they're doing, and they have like. You know, where they used to have, yeah, well, like, like, uh, like, you know, a hundred and yeah, something like was, likes. Now they have, like, eight likes, <laughs> you know? It's, well, well, I was actually, yeah, I was actually posted the, the show tonight on a page. I've got 485,000 people in this group. Four hundred, It was a half a million people in this group, and there's hardly anything in there. It's like, how can you have a page that's got a a 480-something thousand people who belong to that page or the group, not a page, but a group rather, you know, 485,000, I can't remember the name of the group, and, and have hardly any posts in it. Robert, did you well, hear you know, about James, the, you remember James, you remember James' neighbors? Yes. You remember, you remember James? Well, he, yes. he says that it's, uh, Facebook is censoring every single link he puts on his page now. So it's not like, it's like they've, they've, figured out, you know, who the biggest troublemakers are and um they they've gone there and they've basically shut them down and they're taking off stuff and um 
refusing to notify notification stuff and um and there's not a and god being, dang, gosh dang thing we can do about it except no. to say thank and, you mark zuckerberg <laughs> yeah yeah the diamond well, and silk them two ladies that were talking on behalf of you know their stand for the uh, bearing arms you know nra supporters and they mm-hmm. I don't know if I heard all this correctly or, or understood it, but they're supposedly trying to sue some of these technology companies because most of these technology companies are leftist-leaning organizations, and they're using mm-hmm. AI special program algorithms in order to um, block and confuse more of the conservative and right-wing style people so they can't communicate as effective. So that way the left-wingers can continue to coordinate and organize their parties across the country to try to upset the political campaigns or win theirs and upset ours. Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, I think, I mean, yeah. There's nothing links. I mean, you look on your groups and everything and the links are just, you know, just kind of, there's nothing like what would you, what you would consider controversial. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Supreme Court. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of like commercials, like Palm Olive. What the hell is, why is Palm Olive on my damn page? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, Dr. Colbert? Did you hear the Supreme Court ruled that Trump cannot block anybody on his Twitter? <laughs> oh, no. You're kidding. Yes, oh, I heard that. He can't, he, can't block, he can't block anybody, but they're welcome to block us. That's exactly the point. <laughs> wow. here, here is the president has a private Twitter. It's a non-government site, has a First Amendment right to do things, and he's he cannot say who he wants or who he does not want on his Twitter. And the Supreme Court ruled against him that everybody can say and go to his site and say and do whatever they want even though it's private information for himself, even though he's How the is president. That constitutional? It's not. And the Supreme Court ruled on it today. Well, how is it that during the Obama administration that they were able to do a military contract situation with Google to do um, psychological projectioning in order to make sure that the ads and the health things that pop up on websites were leading you to a particular uh, mental disposition. It's mind I control. Think you just, I think you just answered your own question by your statement. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know how I answered my own statement. I just agree with you. There's a lot of uncon- unconstitutional stuff happening, but they do it anyway. How could you even have a contract with Google to do that? That goes back to the fact that we have a government that's not being ran according to the Constitution. Well, let me tell you something. Google is awful. Trying to find – real real quick, Cindy. That's okay. Yeah, real quick, I was going to say, on Google, I mean, trying to find uh, conservative uh, articles for – you know, outside of my, you know, the website, of course, but um, trying to find conservative articles on Google is like, it's, it's awful. I'm sorry, Cindy, go ahead. I just had to get that out. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I'm saying that it's it's a very difficult task that we have to get the word out about what's going on. The thing that's going to happen is that it's all going to go down. Um, it's 
they're going to completely like rule this nation um, like an oligarchy, and there won't be anything we can do about it. And 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 the the really liberal people will go, oh yay yay yay. And then as the United States starts to crumble, they're going to go, oh wait a minute. And then you know you're facing the situation where well you're you're either going to become like the communists with uh, scales over your eyes and like this empty look on your face and there's nothing you can do except move through your day and whatever the government says you have to do you do it that's that's basically how they are in China and um um and that's the way you either choose to live the rest of your life and your children will live their lives that way and your grandchildren or you go to war, the choice. Hey, you that's probably going to be the latter. Real quick, real, real quick, everyone, uh, we've got uh, Joseph back on. He's able to rejoin us on the call. So let's go ahead, especially since, my gosh, we've only got 19 minutes left of the show, and I know the last five minutes or six minutes I need to close out. Um, and so that actually only gives us about mm, uh, not long at all, uh, 10 minutes <laughs> uh, or so. Uh, so let's go ahead. And I thank everyone. I'm looking forward to hearing from everybody next week. We'll, we'll have – uh, uh, Randy uh, Gonson, uh, he is the uh, running for state representative in Hawaii, so it'll be interesting to have him on. Uh, well, let's go ahead and bring back in Joseph. Uh, again, we'd uh, like to be, be able to bring him back in, and uh, you know he's been away for a call. But thank you uh, very much, Joseph. Welcome back. Thank you. It's as if you read my mind because I was about to let everyone know on the show that uh, next week. Uh, Randy Guns will be on your show, and um, I am affiliated with his campaign, but uh, I think it's going to open the doors for people understanding the politics in Hawaii, which are very, very uh, different and unique from uh, the other 49 states. Um, and so um, I'm really, really grateful that you've agreed to host him. Um, just letting you guys know that um, uh, it's a conflict of interest for me to be on the show uh, for next week uh, because then um, whatever I would be saying would be uh, um, considered biased. So I will be listening to the show, but I encourage everyone to um, listen to what he has to say. I think you'll um, see things from a different perspective and understand um, uh, Hawaii politics um, um, a lot more than um, than you currently do, or if you don't, you, you definitely will. So, um, uh, just to remind you, Hawaii is uh, the only state that has a democratic uh, trifecta. It's the only state uh, in in the union uh, in which all 25 uh, state senate seats are in control of the Democratic Party. Not one Republican holds a seat in the state Senate, and only five Republicans hold a seat in the state House. And the last senator um, to be elected uh, Republican of the state of Hawaii was uh, back in 1973. Uh, and the last time a Republican governor was elected was 2002, Linda Lingle. She served two terms, but prior to that, the last Republican governor was elected in 1962. So um, I, I know some of you call from California, and I'm originally from New York, uh, but um, Hawaii politically is one of the deepest blue states. I think even 
much more bluer than California because um, it has that Democratic trifecta, and um, Republicans here are basically uh, extinct in every way, shape, and form. They've never had a platform or a voice. It's it's the one thing the Democrats here can't blame Republicans. They can't blame Republicans for any of the shortcomings because they've never been in a position of power. And this candidate, uh, he's running on a platform as a new agent of change, someone who is very um, dissatisfied with the status quo in both parties. And uh, he's one of those candidates that he, he believes, like you, Robert, that people need to start electing uh, our, our leaders based on their qualifications, not whether they have a D or R next to their name. And that's basically all I have to say on that matter. Well, you just answered one of my questions that I was going to an, uh, ask uh, ask him next week, and so I guess I'm not going to have to ask him because I was going to, you know, because you know we had the, the conversation with him, and you know, with the words you just stated as well. One of my questions was, "Why a Democrat?" Well, now you pretty much answered it for me <laughs> because if you're not a Democrat, there's no way in hell you're going to get elected. <laughs> exactly. So, so you answered that question for me. Um, and I did uh, peruse his website, and I'll have a link to that website uh, uh, next week as well. I mean, it's pretty, you know, uh, I think it's just his name.com. Um, so, but, you know, yeah, if people want to check it out prior to that, you know, welcome. He's, he has agreed to give us uh, an entire hour. And, 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 and real quick, since, you know, you're in Hawaii, I know you've, you've recently moved there, but uh, do you know why, uh, and this is, this is a good way to segue for next week, but uh, do you know why that the Democrats just totally dominate Hawaii? I mean, is there a, yes. a, a reason yes. anyone cites for that? There is. Um, prior to statehood in 1959, um, Hawaii was a territory. Um, actually, the United States occupied um, the uh, the Royal Kingdom in the 1800, late 1800s, and they overthrew, um, you know, uh, Queen Liliokalani. And, um, you know, you have some local Hawaiians who are still to this very day upset that uh, their monarchy was overthrown. And basically, uh, before they became a state, you had a lot of the private sector uh, business uh, individuals and developers that came to this state. And uh, a lot of the developers that uh, got the tax breaks and got the permits to build, and especially when Hawaii became a state in 59, um, they did a lot of revamping. There was uh, a lot of uh, projects there um, uh, for a lot of developments, infrastructure, freeways, things of that nature, and also having to convert uh, a territory into a state. Uh, and a lot of these developers and a lot of these people who came in, they also came in with the with the force of the unions, and they tended to always lean left. Uh, they tended to be uh, Democrats uh, or what they call today corporate Democrats, who uh, had a lot of influence in um, you know uh, converting Hawaii into a state, and and had a lot to do with the transition. And um, so you know they lean Democrat, and that never stopped. And uh, when it became a state, you know, more developers, more private sector people came out here, but most who leaned towards the left, and it just always stayed in that direction. It never pivoted. Uh, and to this very day, um, one of the main uh, things that the candidate, Randy Gons, if you're interested in going to his website, is randygons.com. His last name is spelled G-O-N-C-E. 
um, he calls out the corporate Democrats and uh, is very frustrated with the uh, mainland developers that are uh, given a blank check to come here and build $29 million uh, condominiums. And, um, you know, that's one of the platforms that's running on, that it makes it very hard for the average uh, resident of Hawaii to survive or, or, or have affordable housing or have rents that are affordable. Um, it's just all these developers a million dollar class um, and uh, so yeah that's kind of a, in a nutshell why Hawaii has always been a blue state why it never pivoted and, and actually uh, and, and we won't uh, bring this up a lot but I think we'll be talking about it more next week um, well one frankly because we don't have the time to and it, it, and it would take a, a good amount of discussion uh, I think and, and, and that's one of my cons- I mean you know, for for years I was uh, you know supported Puerto Rico becoming the 51st state, but actually has um, more recently, the past year or two, I've actually you know kind of changed my mind. And you know, I know Dr. Colbert, and this is where maybe we can have more of a discussion on it next week. Is that's kind of my concern for Puerto Rico becoming a state, as I just think uh, if if they were to become the 51st state, Puerto Rico, much for the same reasons that you just brought up. Uh, yeah, uh, Joseph, much for the same reason you just brought up, I think the same thing that happened in Hawaii will happen with Puerto Rico, and we'll just have just another blue state uh, in the United States, and, and that's definitely a concern of mine and why I don't know if, you know, I'll withdraw my support for Puerto Rico becoming a state because I think that's just, uh, uh, that, that's where we would land. Uh, but I see we only got about um, five minutes uh, before I have to close things off. We do have, besides myself, four other folks on the line. Uh, so what I'd like to do is give each person about a minute to do uh, their closing comments. We just uh, don't have uh, Cindy on the line anymore. So, uh, perhaps her call uh, dropped, uh, which sometimes happens. Um, but we do have uh, us four on here, and it just happens to be that, um, you know, we'll go in this order. We'll go for uh, yourself, John. Uh, you'll be first with your closing comments. And then we'll go with uh, you, Suzette, and then you, Dr. Tolbert, and then uh, uh, yourself, uh, Joseph, and then I'll have to close things out. Again, each each person actually has about a minute before I have to close things out. Uh, and again, thank you, everyone, for coming to the show. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John. Yeah, you might. all you guys that use these uh, web search engines, you might try DuckDuckGo if you're tired of trying Google or Bing and they're not working for you. Duck. Go, but um, also want to definitely have everybody thinking about taking back your power. Because if we continue to just use the system as it is, last 200 plus years, all we do is just keep changing people out. And once they get in the office, somebody convinces them it's better to play the game the way it's been played the last 200 years. And therefore, we the people keep getting what we're getting because we keep doing it the same way because the system's rigged. Back to you. And that brings it over to you, Suzette. Okay. I pretty much agree there with John, what he said. And also I would like to include, besides or including DuckDuckGo, would be a new website called Quant, Q-W-A-N-T. It looks like uh, progressive, or not progressives, conservatives are coming up with their own websites like Me, We, and that is the equivalent of Facebook. We're switching over. And uh, leaving Facebook. 
install the sensor. Here um, they say, some call it privacy revolution, we call it common sense is their motto. And they're really big on free speech and all that goodness, good stuff there. So you might want to check that out. Um, a lot of people are moving over to those uh, search engines and websites. And um, keep up the good fight as far as backing our president. And uh, I, that's it, pretty much. Thank you, Robert, for hosting the show, and thank you for taking my call. Oh, thank you very much uh, for everyone's input. You, you certainly is what makes uh, the show here on Bard's Logic. Uh, and let's go ahead and bring it to you, Dr. Colbert. Yeah, just real quick, call to duty.org. Everything we talk about, you're going to find articles on there. And Puerto Rico, for just one second, if we don't make them the 51st state, they can remove themselves as a territory, then vote to become their own colony, and it would then be taken over by Russia and China, and we would have a major problem. So whether it's a Democrat or Republican, it is not relevant. What is relevant, it stays under the American sovereign states and becomes a benefit. The voters are still coming to Florida. They're still voting for whatever. So becoming a state's not going to change that. Well, that's, that's definitely a, a good point there, uh, Dr. Colbert. Something certainly to be considered, uh, especially with uh, their, you know, Puerto Rico's location and proximity to the United States uh, mainland. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in uh, to you, Joseph. Thank you. Uh, yes, I just wanted to echo the sentiment uh, what Dr. Colbert was saying. As a matter of fact, in 2016, uh, 80% of the population unanimously voted for statehood in Hawaii. I'm sorry, not Hawaii, Puerto Rico. Uh, but the Congress and the Senate said that they did not have the necessary funds that they would need to convert them into a state. So therefore, they did not ratify them as the 51st state in the union. Uh, but I do agree with Dr. Kohlberg and maybe Kohlberg, and we can have a conversation about this when we have more time. But right now, Puerto Rico is draining the United States. They filed for bankruptcy. We constantly have had to bail them out. And um, I think it would be uh, more beneficial for us to, uh, I mean, for the Senate and Congress to ratify them as a state, cost-effective-wise over the long term, than it would be to continue bailing them out um, because their current system as a unincorporated territory is uh, brought nothing but failure and poverty and inflation. And um, that's why you have an exodus of 3,500 Puerto Ricans per month leaving the Puerto Ricos to come to Florida, to come to Texas, to come to other states where they can make uh, a decent amount of money to survive. And I'll leave it at that and look forward uh, to uh, being on the show, not next week, but the week after. And only 39% oh, it's, of it's the population It's not next week. It's, it, oh, well, again, it's real quick. It's not next. It's not next week. It's the week after next. Yes. In yes. June. It's uh, June, correct. Oh, well, I apologize. I thought there was uh, well, June what? June eighth. Uh, it is actually June sixth. June two. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I've been trying to tout that that was going to be next Wednesday. My. My my mistake again. I guess it's the second one I'm I made on that matter because uh, I thought uh, it was going to be next week, but I'll, I'll we'll have to 
I'll have to make an adjustment there um, uh, tomorrow on, on my description here. So, But anyway, we'll still look forward to, to having them on. I do want to thank everyone for coming to the show. And, of course, again, uh, check out the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com where you can uh, you know get some information there, uh, also uh, the articles and more uh, on the Bards Logic uh, page, uh, newsroom, I should say. And then also, of course, if you uh, would be uh, consider assisting me in sending my daughter to Italy next uh, year, I'd really appreciate that uh, as well. Um, so uh, anything uh, that's helpful and uh, appreciate it. And so, of course, I will end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the uh, song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So thank you very much, folks, uh, for tonight and for next week, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. God bless you.